This episode of the podcast is brought to you by CBDmedic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a big fan of this product because I'm getting older and I have a lot of aches and pains. It gets very hard to sleep at night because of these aches and pains. I'm just getting older and so are you. We just can't face it. You get older every day, every second. You're a second older or a day older, okay? Listen, this is how I deal with this, okay? I, I have a lot of problems sleeping. My back needs to get cracked every single night. Nerd it. It's got to stand on it, push down, get the little bumps out. And I still have trouble sleeping. I just got these aches, these lingering aches all over my body sometimes. And my friends at CBD Medic heard about this, and they sent me some nice products in the mail. I was skeptical at first because I only take CBD orally, and that makes me feel good about the anxiety and things like that that I deal with. But I never had anything for the aches and pains. This changed my life. I got some of these oils in the mail, rubbed them on the troublesome spots. A couple of minutes went by, I didn't feel anything. All of a sudden, boom, it hit me out of nowhere, and all of a sudden I felt amazing. I was able to just do things longer. I was able to get up, sleep longer, get around the house better. Just felt a little swifter, you know? I felt a little lighter on my feet, as if CBD gave me a pair of fucking wings on my back that I could just fly around the house and do shit, because it's really good, and it lasts a very long time. You don't even have to apply much. Just a little bit, maybe like a little teaspoon. You just rub it on your arm or your leg or wherever the pain is, and it really helps. It really does. It helps you calm down, helps you relax. This gives you a whole new lease on life. No matter how young or old you are, if you've got any kind of pain, if you're an athlete, a young kid in high school or whatever, and, you know, you, you come home from a hard practice, you got a little shoulder pain, rub this in your shoulder. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's no THC in it. It's not going to make you fail a drug test by getting in your pores, into your skin. It's all natural. And I highly recommend it, ladies and gentlemen. Please, we have a special gift for you guys if you're skeptical. You can save some money on this product. We have a special code, VOMPODCAST10. You can use that at checkout at cbdmedic.com, no matter how much you spend, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. And you should use that stimulus money to buy something other than fucking footlocker shoes, okay? Go ahead, use this code. This will change your life. VOMPODCAST10 at cbdmedic.com and buy some product and tell them the nerds sent you. Thank you. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at podbean.com. Yes, they've been taking care of us for a very long time, about 18 months now we've been doing the podcast, and we've never once strayed from Podbean because they treat us like royalty, and we love them. They love us. The thing about Podbean is you get unlimited bandwidth for a very low price every single month. You can do a year for what's like $100, a whole year of unlimited podcasting hosting and support. They also have virtual classes. They, they give you the tools to make very cool live shows that we're going to be doing again soon. And it's very simple, user-friendly. Any moron can do it. Hell, we have a goddamn website now, and everything is phenomenal. You can go to voicesofmisery.podbean.com and check it out for yourself. Listen to our show. Subscribe. Hit the like button. You can do anything on these websites. You can customize the colors. You can do anything you want. You can have freedom of speech, which is something that we're losing in America every single day, it seems like. You're getting canceled left and right, but Podbean promises they will never cancel anybody. You have a free voice. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say. And if you're an aspiring podcaster, now's the time. We're all in the house more than ever. There's more time to listen. There's more time to produce, more time to put out shows. And you can put out your own. But I do implore you to use our code because you will get some special perks and benefits from the Voices of Misery podcast and podbean.com. Go to podbean.com slash vompodcast10. Original, right? Vompodcast10. Didn't we just talk about that? Vompodcast10. The website, once again, is podbean.com slash vompodcast10. Use that, set up your account, and start podcasting. There is a no risk to this at all. Basically, what you have to do is set it up at podbean.com slash vompodcast10. And you get five free hours of podcasting. So if you do a half-hour show, 
you get quite a bit of shows you can put up there. You go ahead and do the math there, you fucking geniuses. You can do that, and Podbean will give you five free hours, see if you like it. If you And if you like it, once you hit your five free hours, it will ask you if you want to do more. And then you start putting in a little bit of money. Go monthly, go quarterly, and go yearly. I, I would go with the yearly pass if you're really serious about your podcast, because you save money that way. I can't say enough good things about Podbean. We love them, and we love you guys. That's why we're giving you all these great products like CBD Medic and Podbean. Plus, there will be another sponsor coming on in early July, so stay tuned for that one. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of the Voices of Misery podcast. Technically, it's not the Voices of Misery. This is on the Voices of Misery platform here that I put a show out with my wife every couple of days. We do this thing three to four times a week. Today's a special episode with a very special person, someone that we both admire very much. And all you people out there like her as well, because the downloads for the episodes that she's on there seem to skyrocket, which are amazing because the topic matter seems to offend a lot of people. But I think this this kind of goes to show that there's a lot of open-minded people out there because the topics are not for everybody, talk about religion, and today we're going to be talking about a lot of politics, and I just want to put a little disclaimer on there before I introduce my co-host for today. This is going to offend some people, some people aren't going to be very happy with it, but it needs to be said, because there's so much media out there that's in one direction, we kind of want to put our own voices and our own spin out there, and Everything we say is just going to be opinion-based. Nothing's factual. This is going to be our opinion. So maybe take a chill pill and listen. You might learn something. But without further ado, I want to introduce her. She's a fan favorite of the Voices of Misery podcast, Miss Bonnie Renee. How the hell are you? I'm doing fabulous. It's a beautiful day. You know what? It has been beautiful. Too bad we can't go outside and enjoy it. You know, I, I, I go outside anyway. I don't care. Like, I go up in the mountains, and I chill with the deer and the birds and sometimes the bear, and, you know? <laughs> now, do you wear your face mask when you're hanging out with the animals? No. If I'm outside, I don't wear it. Because yeah. here, like, people are really good about social distancing, so I'm never really close to anyone when I'm outside anyway. I only wear it if I'm, like, indoors. And the only reason I wear it is because both my parents are very high risk. So I do it really to protect them, even though technically I am weakening my own immune system. But that's a whole, whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're definitely going to get into all that stuff. But I do want to do a little small talk here because we haven't talked in a while. You know, it's been a couple of weeks probably, right, since we had our last show. We had the, the uh, great disaster pastor, sinister minister, John Enright on. We did a little three-way conversation that's why I'm like, how the hell you been so far with this whole COVID-19 quarantine? How has this affected you? I'm done with it. I am I am to the point where I just want to I, I want to get into battle mode. Like I just want to fight against all of this. And even though I am in a red state, I am oh. not a fan of our governor, but whatever. Um I, I'm lucky to be in a redder state, but it's you know, they're getting to the point where they are going to open up schools, 
but I don't understand this. So they want to mask all the kids, and I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't understand that. Um, and so, like, you're getting a lot of parents that are just, they're ready to just homeschool now. They're just, they're sick of it. And I, you know, here it's not bad. I mean, things are still open. We even still have, like, our gyms and water parks and things are opening up like that. But I don't know if we did, when there was a full lockdown, when most states were locked down, we, Salt Lake City was partly locked down. So it was locked down for maybe, like, a week. I think that's all it was locked down for. Um, I hope that doesn't happen again. But you know what? I'm to the point where, you know what, if cop catches me i'll just say you know put some shackles on and put me into prison because this is ridiculous (laughs) do you think it's going to get to that point where they're going to start throwing people in jail for not wearing a goddamn mask well i know in a lot of places where they're insisting on mandatory masks you have to pay like fines every time you're caught without one Mm -hmm. um and then i think if you're caught like if you do like they give you like three times where you you just have to pay a fine and then after the third time i think they do prison time or jail time so <laughs> um i think that's insane i think that's crazy i do this is not the black plague okay this is not <laughs> like it's not killing like millions and millions of people it, it's not it's not doing that and so you know i i think to me this is all political it really is um so 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 i predict that there will be another lockdown and that's really even though they they were promoting all of these riots and all of these protests where thousands and thousands of people got together um and so they'll see obviously cases are going to spike we're seeing that and they're going to do lockdowns again um california's lockdown uh texas i I can't believe Texas is on the verge of doing it again. Oh, God, um, that's the last hope right there, too. Well, it's their governor. Their governor, I think, has just, I don't know what's happened. If he's just caving to the pressure of the left, I don't know. But um, if if you listen to any, like, political commentators that are from Texas, uh, they, they talk about how it's, I mean, they're, they're closing down bars right now. They're closing down certain places um, that were opening up because there are spikes. But they had some of the worst protests and riots they <laughs> in did. Texas. Huh? Mm-hmm. No, they and did. So, I yeah, and their their governor, I have not liked him the past couple of weeks. He has been doing certain measures that I'm like, really? Really? Governor Abbott is doing that? Like, it, it's shocking me. So I think he's just... He's like a lot of Republicans that we have that have no spine. When Mm. the left comes at them, they do not know how to handle it. They don't deal with it well. They don't have any strength or courage. And they just they just cave to the mob. And and that's, I think, why the left has gained so much power and control is we just people on the right. We just we just cave and we don't fight back like we should be doing. And. I think that's the biggest part part of the problem. I think we're seeing a lot of things happening, even in a lot of red states where Republicans are just, they're not standing up like they should. Um, or that that's what we elected them for, you know, mm-hmm. is, you know, 
And so you're getting a lot of, you know, fake conservatives in these Republican positions, and they're not doing anything um, for the people that voted for him. The only one that has actually stood by the Constitution and stood by her constituents is the governor of South Dakota. She is the oh, only she's the one. She's the only one in the country um, that did not lock down at all. That's Christy Nelm, right? Uh-huh. She is yeah. phenomenal. She is. She's she's amazing. And she won't, I mean, she's not caving to the left on them wanting to do stuff to Mount Rushmore. She's not, she's not allowing any of that to happen. She's just standing her ground. She's standing for conservative values and principles, and she's standing for the Constitution. Yeah, That's and- very rare in, in on the right right now. And and it baffles me that they just let all of these things happen. They let these monuments get taken down. They let all of you know, all of the riots happen and it's like you got you you need to stand up to them or they just get worse. They don't it, it doesn't get better. We're we're seeing that is it's not getting better at all. They're just they're becoming more and more extreme. And so it's just really frustrating for me to see. Um where growing up Republicans were strong, you know? They mm-hmm. they stood by what they they stood for what was right and and today I am seeing so many cowards on the right. And I think I think that's more shameful than than what I'm seeing on the left, because I'm not really surprised by anything on the left anymore. They they'll be who 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 they're gonna be, you know. Um, awesome. at least they're honest about it. The thing is, is like the Republicans and I feel like people on the right, we play too nice, you know, like we use facts, we use numbers, we use common sense. They use strength in numbers and and rage and anger and fear. And it just doesn't make any sense how these guys have the strength in numbers. You've got the media. You've got all the doctors, the quote-unquote experts. You've got some douchebag Fauci out there who seems to have more power than the president when it comes to locking people down because Trump deferred to, you know, all the individual governors and, and leaders of state. And he also gave this Fauci guy way too much power. It's like, who the hell? I've never heard of this guy before, even though I know he did a lot of HIV work back in the 80s and 90s. When that was becoming, you know, a, the next big thing at the time. And then he just gets put out in the forefront. He's standing behind, you know, Trump with his arms folded and his stupid douchebag look. And his, I hate him. I just want to put that disclaimer out there. I hate Fauci more than almost anybody not named Cuomo. And it just it, it just seems like the Republicans are just really weak right now. And And Trump was just photographed the other day for the first time in public wearing a face mask. And I think that was the biggest mistake, because what did Pelosi do immediately? She goes out there and says, oh, look, hopefully the rest of these people on the other side are going to start wearing their masks now because their mighty leader is bending the knee almost. Trump's not himself. And I, I really like fear that we're going to lose this election when we need him the most at this point. We need to get this economy back. I don't see it happening under any other leadership. You put Joe Biden's dumbass out there. He's not going to last more than six months as the president if he gets elected. Whoever he gets, probably Hillary Clinton as his vice president. She's going to rise from the ashes like the freaking Phoenix and come out there and take over the vice presidency. Things are just going to get worse. These people want everybody in some welfare state. They like the way things are going right now. They love this. They love when people hate each other. They love division because what's the best way to create power and to create any kind of control over people? Fear. You can you can control people by fear and then. I don't want to get into religion because I could easily say religion's a fear-based thing to control people as well. I don't want to go that path today. Maybe later we'll get there. Who knows? But 
I just feel like the Democrats are using that method, and it's disgusting. They they want people to feed off the teeth of the government. They want to give us this money. They they want universal income. You can look at the numbers, like $600 extra unemployment. What is 600 divided by 40? 15. $15 an hour is what they wanted everybody to get as a minimum wage at one point. They wanted that to be the flat amount of money. It's just craziness, and they're getting everything they want, and it's infuriating. And I, I don't know how, how you feel about it, but that's just me rambling on and on about how much I, I, I just feel like the right's caving way too much. They need a strong leader. They need someone to come out and just push. And Trump was that guy four years ago. He was the he was the battle cry voice. That's the Trump we need right now. We need that guy back. What happened to him? Um, I don't know. I I, I honestly expected him to put in the full strength of the military when the riots broke out and the cities weren't doing anything and he didn't do anything to stop that. Um, I, I don't know why. In fact, a lot of people on the right were very disappointed that he didn't do anything because they're like, well, isn't that something you're supposed to do? Like mm-hmm. when things like that happen, um, even, even Obama did that. Okay. He brought out the military. There were, I can't remember what year it was, but early in his presidency, there were some riots that broke out, I think, in Detroit, I think. I think and, so. And, and he brought out the military because the city didn't do anything. So he's like, okay, I'm sending in the National Guard to contain this situation. And even Obama told the rioters, the minute you go from being a peaceful protester to rioting, damaging property, harming others, you become a terrorist of this country. Obama yeah. said that. Okay, so that should show you how far they they have shifted. And and when you talk about like our universal income and and all of these elements, that is something, you know, using all this panic and fear. That's the same thing that Stalin and Hitler used. Hitler did it. There was a flu pandemic. And uh, that's how he took away all the freedoms from his people and took control. That's how it happened. Uh And. Stalin, well, you know what he started doing? He started tearing down monuments. He started implementing really scary procedures. And today, Russia is still, like, trying to recover from that. And Mm. so, like, if you look at, like, universal income, it doesn't work. It never, ever works. Because if you look at just, like, if you look, like, at airplane engines, for example, Russia just put out their two engines that, that the world could purchase. Just this past couple years, um, because when you're on universal income, everyone gets the same income, right? Um, that doesn't promote anyone to work hard. They'll just do they'll just do average work. They will not reach higher, reach for their potential to do to bring out better quality product because they're not. Everyone gets paid the same, so. That's why Russia, especially the Soviet Union, the quality of their products has been very low par for many, many years. And and that's the reason for it. There's a reason why, you know, companies that are based in like the United States, for example, are some of the first bought because, you know, we have capitalism here. It's free market. Um, you know, there's there's universal income is a disaster waiting to happen. It really is. And it's all these things they're trying to implement. It's just communism. That's all it is. They're communists. And 
I'm not afraid to say that that that's exactly what they are. And if you look on the website, for example, of Black Lives Matter, if you look on their website, it is all communism on there. It is like scary to look on there and say, oh, wow, that's really what you guys are for, really? Um, and they're not they're not shying away from it, you know? Yeah, it's insane. It really is. And like you were saying with the universal income, I feel like it breeds a society of losers. So I'm on board with you there. The thing is, is like if I can make the same money as a doctor and I'm and I'm a I'm like a fry cook at McDonald's, then it's not going to strive or make you strive to be anything better than what you are because you're going to get the same thing someone else makes. So why would someone try hard? Why would someone want that lifestyle? I feel like you need winners and losers in life. And, and that's it, it may sound harsh in the outside. but I'm going to explain it a little bit here is if you see someone out there making, you know, six figures and you see what they're doing, you see how they do it, that may make you strive to be a better person, makes you more productive in life. The more productive people we have out there, the better product we have, the better our society is, the better we, we thrive together as people. If you get a bunch of people making the same thing, you're only going to get a very small percentage of people at the top that actually know what the hell's going on and a bunch of losers underneath because they don't have to try. So I agree with you 100%. We need to be better than that. And I hate the fact that there's such a disparity as far as people that, as far as I consider, not as, you know, I hate this word, but essential, like NBA players, football players, as much as I love watching sports, I think they're getting paid too much. So I do think there needs to be some kind of, 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 of gap in between the two. And maybe I think um, if, if we were to do something like that, it would just make people feel like they can attain more, I guess, and maybe pay other occupations that are notoriously low paid, like police departments, firemen. Uh, a lot of those guys are volunteer, but the ones that are getting paid, maybe pay them more, maybe pay teachers more, people that are are, are breeding the next generation of society to, to make more winners in life and not people that are going to sit around and do nothing. I grew up with teachers that were just cashing a check, punching a car. They didn't really care because they weren't getting paid, and we all knew that they weren't getting paid because they bitched us about it. I had a teacher he was telling us, like, oh, I don't get paid enough for this. My life, and she was beating, driving a beat-up car. And I'm like, this is someone who's teaching people. And as I grew up, I was thinking to myself, like, I go to Walmart and I see someone making 9 bucks an hour. You get shitty customer service. You go to Costco where they're making 15 bucks an hour. They're happier. So you, you pay people more and they just do better jobs. And I just feel like our policemen, teachers, the people that we need to be paying aren't getting enough. But I don't know. That's just how I feel. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had some roommates that have been teachers, and I have seen how much they work, okay? They work all hours of the night to get lesson plans together. So they're at work all day, and then they come home, and they grade papers, and they get their lessons lesson plans ready for the next day. They work an extra 45 hours that evening. Um, they work their butts off, most of them. At least the ones here. I mean, in Utah, it's a little bit different. Um, there's a bit more motivation from teachers to, you know, teach better. Um, especially since the parents here <laughs> will, if if they don't feel like, and this is where Utah's education is above pretty much most other states. Um, because the teachers here, even though they don't get paid very well, <laughs> um the parents here are very proactive in their children's education. So if there's something that they they feel their child isn't getting taught or um, 
that they don't want their child being taught, they will go up and down to that teacher. And, and that's why, like, for example, my dad works in the, one of the school districts in our state here. And he knows a couple teachers that are, that are Marxist teachers, but they would never teach that in their classrooms because it would be like just a nightmare dealing with the parents alone because the parents would come to them and would lay it down. They would like, they would fight for their kids education. Um, so that's, that's why it's a little bit different here. Uh, but I just feel like teachers just give so much and they don't get hardly, they don't get what they deserve as far as salary and pay is concerned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as what they pay sports players, I'm very divided on that. Honestly, I am because some of them work their butts off. They do. They, sure. they make money, but I mean, I, I know a few pro players actually. And uh, they they work hard. They train all day. They they go to the gym and they lift weights for like four hours a day. I mean, they they work hard to you know uh, keep in shape because it's super competitive, competitive, especially in pro. And so you know, I mean, it's it's not like they're just laying around doing nothing most of the oh, time they, they do work hard <laughs> to keep in shape i mean when you're playing sports like football and and basketball you know you have to keep in shape you can't just you know you can't skip a workout day you know even <laughs> because there's so much competition and so you know i've seen from those that i know how much they work that makes how sense. dedicated they are to it. Not all of them are like that. And some of them, I think, don't deserve what they get because they don't work hard for it. Um, but there are some that work their tails off for it. And those are the ones that I think do deserve it. So it's 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 part of, you know, it's part of being in a capitalist country and, you know, being pro-free market. We kind of have to deal with the good and the bad with it. No, that makes perfect sense. And I, I, like, I don't want to say these guys don't work hard. They do. I just feel like pretty bitter that teachers don't make the kind of money they should be making. And then you look at the pay scales for people that are like on an outside glance is just an armchair quarterback here. I'm like, hey, these guys play a game that people play for free every day. And they're getting paid millions. And we got teachers and, and, and police officers risking their lives now have to put up with all the bullshit that's going on. And I've seen some videos lately that are absolutely heartbreaking of police just getting pummeled in the streets and attacked and they still go out there and do their jobs. And a lot of them in some of these areas are making 30 to $50,000 a year. And I think that's insane. I just feel like maybe if, if we were to increase their wages by like double, instead of defunding the police, maybe give them more money and, and funnel out the bad cops, do more, more strenuous testing and training and psychological tests and things like that. Maybe have them meet a psychiatrist because a lot of cops out there don't even fire their gun once. And a, a large percentage of cops that fire their gun once at a perp or maybe hit somebody, they retire because they can't take it anymore. Maybe they need someone to talk to, counseling or something, to get these people to weed out the bad ones and get the good ones and pay them more, and they're going to strive to do a better job. Because I guess the point I'm trying to get across is, like, the more money you give somebody, the better job they're going to do. Maybe we could weed out some of this badness out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think defunding is the most ridiculous notion. 
Yeah. I do. Like, it, it causes more harm. Like, and they don't realize that. They think it's just going to make cops be better. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but what you're going to get, and this is what we're seeing all over the country, is when we're seeing blue flu, and you're seeing hundreds and hundreds of cops call in or apply for their retirement. That's what you're going to get. And mm-hmm. the, the problem with defunding is they don't get enough funding for training as it is. And I think a lot of problems that we do see with cops from time to time is lack of training. I mm-hmm. think that's actually the root of it is they just don't have enough training. And we we need to give more funding to have programs set up for policemen because they deal with something that we can't even imagine dealing with. And they deal with it every single day. And, you know, we can't understand what it's like to, I mean, they risk their lives every day to keep us safe. And most people don't realize that. And most people don't realize these bad apples are a very low percentage of all cops. Most cops are, are very good cops. And so um, they're just trying to do their job and get home safely to their families. You know, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. And so I, I think we need to stay objective when looking at these situations and, and say, you know what, that's a bad situation, but that doesn't mean all cops are bad. Not all cops are racist. Most aren't. Um, and so this whole defunding is, is, is a ridiculous notion and most most ideas from the left are ridiculous anyway. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, you know, they just don't think logically. They don't think with facts. They don't think um, about what this will actually do. It's just going to cause more harm. And you're seeing in, in cities where they've already defunded um, the police, uh, you're seeing high rise in crime. New York City. Oh boy. <laughs> New York City <laughs> got really, really bad because they had tons of cops just not show up. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you're gonna get is when you treat cops and and I can't imagine what it's like to be a cop right now. I I can't I can't even comprehend it. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's shameful that we're treating them like this. Um Unless you have been in that position, you have no right to judge them. Honestly, you don't. Like, they make mistakes, too. Everyone does. And, you know, there are horrific situations that should never happen. Like with George Floyd, that should never have happened. There were four cops that, in my opinion, should be in prison right now. But, you know, because it wasn't just the one committing the act. There were three standing around letting that happen. There is one you can make a case for, and that's the rookie cop. I think it was his second or third day on the job. And I don't know about you, but whenever I start a new job and I see someone doing something, I'm more inclined to follow their lead because, hey, that's my superior. That's who is training me. I don't know exactly what I'm doing just yet. So he was seeing what was going on. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm brand new. Like, I don't know if you ever worked in like a coffee shop. You see someone making coffee the wrong way. You may, you may see someone like not put enough creamer in it or whatever. You're going to do the job the way you see it because that's how you think it's supposed to be done. You respect the people that are ahead of you. You respect their position. I'm not saying what he did was right because I'm just trying to defend the fact that he's new to the job. It's third day on the shift, you know, and he's put out there with people that have been doing it for years. 
So maybe he was naive. Maybe he just didn't know in that moment because he was brand new to the job. And like you said, they don't give training. I, I, I used to work in a cell phone store and I got trainings weekly. Cops, they get their little uh, what police academy. They get out and they're just doing the job immediately. They never get trainings. They never get brushed up on. They go through academy. Here's your badge. Here's your gun. Get the fuck out there. They get nothing. They get less than nothing really after that. So I'm just saying like that one guy I would almost want to give a pass to because he's new to the job and I know how it is being new to a job. So I, I don't know if you agree or not on that. Um, kind of. Even if he's new to the job, let's say he's he's he, he's obviously a rookie and he's very green. But I think there's a point where you see where you have to make a decision for yourself if you're going to stand up and defend what's right and wrong. Yeah. And so I, even if he was new, he should have said something. And, you know, even in that situation, if you're brand new, you know what's right and wrong in that situation. That's, that's, that's not the type of situation where it's kind of, you know, 50-50, you don't really know. That was a very obvious um, situation of just being fully wrong. And uh, that was murder. And yeah. part of me wants to give him a pass, but part of me is like, you know what, if I was there... I would have stopped the cops, even if it meant my life. A lot of people. So, are young. I mean, I mean, a lot of people just stand by and let these things happen. You never see civilians even stand up for what's right anymore. And I get it; it's scary. You know, there's not a lot civilians can actually do. Um, but, but I didn't see anyone in that situation. There was not one civilian that called nine one one and reported what was going on. But they all had their cell phones out and they were recording. They, they, were, they were recording names. it. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what? And and this is what Brandon Tatum recommended. I don't know if you know who Brandon Tatum is. He's he's an ex police officer. Um, he's he works with Candace Owens, and he he basically said the thing that you need to do. There's not much a civilian can do because cops have a lot of power. They do. They have a lot of authority. Um, you come at them, they can shoot you. Um, but they said, call 911. Say, report what's going on. Say, I want to, I want his commander here. Um, you know, and report it so that it's in the system. And that'll actually help get, if, if it's a bad situation, help get that cop, you know, arrested and charged faster. It will, you know, um, it might not help that person then, but, you know, sometimes you've got to stand up for what's right, even if even if there's a cost to you. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people don't know is if you ever get pulled over by, by the police and you feel unsafe, you can always request a supervisor and you will sit in your car and he will stand by your car and wait until the supervisor goes before the interview commences or whatever happens. That's something you can request. I did want to ask you this, though, because I don't know if this is a true thing or not. Because there was a video that we talked about in a couple a couple episodes ago of this one police officer. He pulled over a woman who had multiple violations against her. And he gets her out of the car and he's arresting the woman. She asked before she gets frisked for a female officer to be present. I guess the police officer called in and there wasn't one available, or at least that's what he told her. And then he put her up against the car and he was feeling like under her breast, which is where you're supposed to check. 
from mm-hmm. weapons and things because women hide enormous things in yeah. their bras. Apparently, like I've I've been handed cash when I was a kid at a supermarket from the woman's bra. Like, oh, your total is twenty dollars and sixty cents, and they would reach down their shirt, pull out money. So things can be hidden in there. So that's why police officers check underneath. Apparently. And he said there was no female officer available. He had to deal with me. He grabs her under boob once, and then he grabs her other one a second time, and people were freaking out. Do you have to have a female officer present for those kinds of frisks? Is that a right that a, a perp has? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> you would think that they would. Um, but 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 what about um, if you have a female officer with a male where, where's the, you know, yeah, is yeah, there a we're... line there? Um, I don't know. I, I think there should be a line. If, you know, um, if we're going to draw that line, then it should be on the other side, too. So I, I, I've never heard of that even being the case. So, you know, for me, you know, I wouldn't request that because... That's just, <laughs> that's just not me. I'm like, okay, do it. You know, I've gone through the airport searches and I've been frisked there and nothing bad happened in that. So, but, you know, I've never really been pulled over by a cop. So, you know, I've never had to deal with that type of situation or what I would do in that situation. But, you know. It's it, it's crazy. I've, I've never been frisked. Or I haven't flown in, and Jesus, I haven't flown in well over a decade. So this is, I haven't flown since before 9-11 happened. So I've never had oh, well, the, yeah, it's, different. it's different now. <laughs> I, I think I'll keep driving. <laughs> Screw that. I'll drive everywhere. I'm not dealing with that nonsense. But No, like, for example, yeah. when we went, we did a trip to England. And when we were going through security, um, my sister, she brought a two, it was just a bottle of lotion, but you, you have to have certain sizes of liquids in your purse or whatever. And she didn't. And so she got frisked. Wow. For a lotion. Yeah. Like they take these things seriously. And, um, you know, that's crazy. They need to, they, they need to take these things seriously. Even when I go to like BYU football games, they don't really allow us to take hardly anything in anymore. You know, we can't take in any food or drink. We have to buy whatever we want there. Um, oh. We have to take in like see-through bags. So if you want to take a bag in with things, it has to be see-through. You can't, it can't be anything. So you can't oh. take an umbrella or anything. If it rains, you better have a poncho on you. Um, Fucking hey. Yeah, but but also if you look at how much the BYU Stadium seats, which is almost seventy thousand, you know, there's yes. a reason for that. You know, I, I get it. After nine eleven, a lot of a lot of places like that had to make security measures because they realized that anything can happen here. We've seen it. Now, that's very scary what you just said, Bonnie. You're freaking me out here now. You want to know why you're freaking me out? Why? Because because that happened a very long time ago, okay? That happened a very long time ago, and we're still freaking out about it. This COVID-19, this fear is almost to the same level 
as terrorists bombing us in our own country. I think even more so, to be honest with you. People are freaking out about this. They're afraid of something killing them in their sleep. There are some people that wear their face mask in their house alone. There are people that afraid of this. And I'm thinking that this is going to last even longer, way past this presidency, way past whoever wins between Biden and Trump or a third party may, a dark horse may come out for all we know. Fucking Kanye West may come out and win this. Who knows anymore, right? The whole world's crazy. Do you think this is going to be the next like 9-11 TSA, like, hey, you can't come in anywhere unless you have a mask? Do you think it's going to last that long in all honesty? It depends. It depends if the people stand up to this, if they stop letting fear run their lives. And the biggest problem that I'm seeing, and I think this is just the way society has evolved, is people want things easy. They are so afraid of death. They are scared to death of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because they're so scared of COVID. Okay, they're terrified of this, where it kills less than one percent, but they're still scared of yep. COVID. But uh, they don't realize <laughs> uh, the the risk they are when they drive their car, which is way way higher, uh-huh. way higher. <laughs> Especially here in South Carolina, cancer kills way more people. You are more likely to get struck down by lightning than to die from this thing. Exactly. Like, I mean. Let, let's be let's be honest here. It's it's not that scary. It really isn't. And if you look at um, just seeing all, and if you look at the number of deaths, though, I think it's a third of that, if that, of Me deaths too. we've actually had, um, because you get lots of hospitals, and it's happening here. Even um, I've had uh, even a coworker of mine, her grandfather passed away. And it was it was from a heart attack, I believe. And, you know, they claimed it on his death death certificate as COVID. (laughs) And the family is suing the hospital for it right now because they're like, no, he did not die from COVID because you didn't even test him for it. Mm -hmm. So how do you know he died from COVID if you didn't even test him for it? God bless that family. Seriously. We need more people. We do. And. And here's the thing, and this is what um, Christy Nome says all the time. She she says, if you are a business and you live in a state that did a lockdown, sue the government if you've yeah. lost your livelihood. Sue them because it's their fault. Mm-hmm. They didn't support you. They didn't give you what you needed to help supplement your business. You can sue them for that because, you know, if, if you look at the Constitution and you know, you can look at your own state laws and determine what's, you know, actually by law and what's not law. Um, but in most states, this lockdown is completely against the law. Oh, my God. And it's very interesting because I looked up the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. OK, it's Article 23.1 states. Everyone has the right to work, to free choice of employment, to just and favorable conditions of work and to protection against unemployment. What happened? You can't work. You're shut down. And they just, they, it's like night and day with these fucking people. We, we were supposed to be shut down for 15 days to flatten the curve to make sure hospitals do not get overwhelmed. This was never about stopping the virus it, because we always knew that this thing wasn't going to get stopped. You can't just say, everyone stay inside. This thing's going to go away and disappear. It, it never happened like that. I don't know about where you live, but down here in South Carolina, 
it was business as usual. People were always leaving their houses, even though businesses were shut down for the most part. People were still congregating. I just don't understand. And and please help me out understanding this, Bonnie, because you're a much smarter person than I am. Why the fuck is Walmart that has the biggest stores in any area allowed to open and, and just stuff people in there like fucking sardines in a can? But yet your local mom and pop store can't earn a living. Why is big business staying open? Like, like Home Depot was open down here. Fucking Lowe's uh, hardware store. All these stores that really aren't quote unquote essential. To me, everything's essential. If you use your job to provide for your family, that's essential. So I ask you this. Why the difference between big box stores like Target and, and Walmart? I, I, I get it. They employ a lot of people. And I'm happy they stayed open for the people's families that work there. And Walmart did do a lot of good. And we could talk about that, too, because they get a bad rap. But why them and not smaller stores, like smaller privately owned businesses? I just don't understand. I, um, I, just, don't, I, just, I just don't get it. When you're talking about Walmart, Target, Lowe's, Home Depot, places like that, well, uh, first off, you, you need Lowe's and Home Depot because technically – they're they're under they're under uh, construction supplies, so hmm. they need to stay open because that's essential, apparently. Um, and then, like Walmart and Target, is they do provide you know food and things like that. So I think that's why they were allowed open. And it could be you know a whole you know corporation. Thing that they get out of yeah but um and I, as far as small businesses i guess it depends on the business but like it, like there could be an argument made for everything to be essential if you really wanted to like get like really picky about things you know and just go down to the nitty-gritty okay well they're essential because of this well i think everything's essential so i think every job is essential if it brings home a paycheck puts a roof over your over your head and puts food on the table. Mm-hmm. If it does that, it's essential. So this whole excuse that there's only certain places that are essential and everything else is non-essential, I don't really follow that line because I think everything is essential. And, and the thing is, we didn't do these measures for swine flu, which infected yeah. way more people. <laughs> um, and yeah. it was hardly even on the news. I barely even remember it on the news, hardly ever. And we don't do this for the flu. Like, look at kids in school. More Mm -hmm. kids are going to die from the flu than they will from this thing. Like, way more. And And they don't shut down schools for the flu. And 2018, we had one of the worst years for the flu. Mm -hmm. And no one batted an eye at how many people died from that thing. No one cares. So why why is it only... Like it's like they have a one track mind as far as this is concerned, where they only care about the deaths that COVID kills, but they don't care about the high suicide rates. More people have died from suicide since this thing started mm-hmm. than COVID has killed. What about the high rate of um, children and women and men who have died in domestic abuse cases? Yeah, No one cares about them. What about cancer? Or other ailments. This is not the only sickness we deal with as human beings. There are a lot of things we deal with and we have to battle. And a lot of people died in their homes from cancer because they couldn't go and get treatment. 
I think it's sad because the, you don't hear, and it's going to sound fucked up, but like I kind of miss the days where you would hear about people dying from this, dying from that. It seems like you don't hear that anymore in the mainstream media. Like people supposedly aren't dying anymore from drunk driving. People aren't dying because of cancer. They're not dying because of this and that. Even though the really high profile cases, like there was a Kelly Preston, John Travolta's wife just died of cancer. I, I guess with the high profile people, you really can't hide it. But with any like random death in the street, like that one random gentleman, uh, the New York Post reported that he died from COVID-19 when a couple of days earlier they said it was a homicide and they used the same guy saying, oh, he died of COVID-19 and someone called him out on it and they did a retraction later on. It seems like everybody, no matter what you die from, and there's tons of studies out there. I mean, I could list and this podcast would be five hours long if I went through every article I found recently. There was some nurse in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale who blew the whistle on this whole thing. And she did a very long video. It's like a 30 minute video or so about her just telling her experiences and showing pictures and proof that, Hey, this is me. I've been through these situations and this is what I've seen about doctors just, just writing down COVID for everything to get more money into the hospitals. It's fucking insane. And I don't know why they, they need this to be such a thing. And just to piggyback off your point, they, I think right now we're at what? 130,000 supposed deaths. I think we're closer to 30,000. I really don't think that many honest COVID deaths are because of COVID-19. It, it may have piggybacked off of an, a pre-existing condition and people that are dying of anything. If you had COVID or you had the antibodies, they say it's a COVID death. These numbers are so fake and I just don't understand why people are so fucking strung up on this COVID being this killer. That they are so scared of death that they're afraid to live. Did you hear about the one where the people sent a fucking peach and they sent in a, a unused COVID-19 test and they all came back positive? How the fuck do you explain that? You know, seriously. You, you don't. And it's interesting because, you know, and my dad said this to me when this all started. Um, and you got to remember, my dad has diabetes and some other things. So if he got this same he'd probably be able to fight it off, but it would be a battle. Um, but he said, what people are forgetting is they're just existing right now. They're not truly living their lives. And that's something that people are forgetting. Like they're not realizing that being stuck in their homes all day, which probably isn't good to fight this thing <laughs> is yeah. being stuck indoors is not going to help you fight it. Like it's, it's not. It's really not wearing masks all day is not going to help you fight this thing. If anything, we're just getting, we're just, our immune systems are getting weaker mm -hmm. because we're not able to build up antibodies and things that we need to do to fight off viruses to um, build those immunities, you yeah. know? So it, it's very interesting. And, you know, it's, I think people have lost track of what's really important and they just they're so focused on this thing it's like that's all that they can think about and they don't realize that there's a life to be lived and you know it's not it's not the number of days in your life it's the life in your days that's beautiful makes perfect sense really does and people have forgotten that they forget that, and, you know, and it doesn't help that the media just talks about this all the time. This is all that they focus on. 
and they don't focus on anything else. And so it's around us everywhere. You know, everyone's wearing masks. You're getting all these strict regulations from the government and from local and, and, and your states for doing all these different measures. Um, and, and we're forgetting that we need to get back to living life. Mm-hmm. And we need to fight against these, these closures. We need to fight against the government saying what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and they'll make the excuse, oh, well, you're going to kill someone's grandma. <laughs> and oh. I'm like, more than likely, if she has other conditions, the flu will kill her too. Mm-hmm. Like, think logically. Think with your brain. Like, we all have them, <laughs> and we need to use them more. And most people are just, they're just relying on the media to tell them what to think and what to do. And I'm not going to be a blind sheep. I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm just going to follow along with the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's not how I work. You know, I look at the science. I look at the numbers. I look at the st- statistics of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And really evaluate where we're actually at. And most people just aren't doing that. They're letting the media and they're letting, you know, all the famous people tell them what to do. And they they have stopped learning and stopped valuing thinking for themselves. That's what we need. We need more free thinkers out there. And before... I used to be one of those people that just kind of read the newspaper once in a while, watched the TV, and just kind of went along with whatever I saw and whatever I heard. And then you start growing a little bit. And for me, the turning point, because I hated Trump four years ago, I voted for Hillary. I, I was like, anybody but Trump. Why? Because that's what I'm being told. As a Hispanic male growing up, as a kid, I mean, I'm 37 now, but being a kid growing up in New Jersey, you're told like, hey, they don't like us. That side doesn't like the minorities. So you get programmed that way and you grow up to be a one-sided person. You don't, you never question why. And this is why I love Candace Owens so much because she is raising for minorities that same question. Like, why am I not thinking about this? And she's throwing facts out there and she's probably one of the most hated women in America. But it just so happens that we both love her and we both love Dana Lash. She's another one of the most hated people in America because they speak the truth. They want to suppress the truth and they want to hold the minorities down, which I think is complete bullshit. But anyway, like I was saying, my my whole turning point on Trump was when he was saying fake news, fake news. And I'm like, what does he mean by this? Like, what the hell does fake news even mean? And then you start seeing the contradictory points. You see the Democrats coming out there and all they're spreading is fear. And then you start seeing numbers and you're like, wait a second. okay. so people aren't really dying from this. And a lot of people don't even know they have it. So why do they only talk about the bad? And whenever someone brings up the good, the brainwashed left, even on a lower level, just a regular person you might see at a Walmart who's who's mask shaming someone for not wearing a mask. Why are they so harsh? Why are they so resistant to good news? And then you start thinking there's currency and fear. And then that's when I start thinking, and I guess my quote unquote third eye for those conspiracy people out there opened up. And I'm like, all right, now I'm seeing things from a really different view. And then I became more right wing. So It's just people need more information. You need to open up your eyes. Maybe listen to a podcast or two of someone from a differentiating viewpoint. Maybe someone that you can listen to and just learn something different. I think it's healthy. I listen to a lot of right-wing stuff because I only listen to political podcasts. I cut everything else out of my life. 
I listen political stuff, but I do listen to some lefty people. Like I listen to Bill Maher. He's one of my favorites. I think he's entertaining as hell. And he's starting to become more of a right winger now if you listen to his latest stuff. I just think that's important. But I kind of wanted to ask you, though, like when was your turning point in life or were you always on the right? Um, for me, it was a little bit different. So I've always been a conservative ever since I was really little. Um, you know, both my parents are pretty conservative. My grandparents, not so much. They were kind of split. But, um, but you know, when I um, got into college and I started my blog, I just... I was one of those really bad conservatives that just kept quiet and kind of acted like I was more moderate, more liberal, even though I really wasn't because the, especially the romance community, the reading community is very, very left. And and I was afraid of the consequences of coming out with with my my views. So for a long time, I just kept quiet about them. Most of us do. Most of us that are in the community that are conservative do not share it. <laughs> yeah. um, and my wake up point was last year, actually, when I realized I needed to do more. And it was when Beto was um, taught. He was at a town hall. And I was listening to Ben Shapiro talk about this, and he played what um, Beto was talking about at his town hall last year. I think it was last September or October, and he was talking about um, taking away taxes from churches, and, and there's a reason that it's there. Most people don't know the reason. They just think it's bad. Uh, but there is a reason it's there. It's to protect churches from the government taking control and manipulating what they can and can't do. And, um, and he would say, and he even said that if churches don't fall in line with, with what we want to be taught in churches, then we're just going to bankrupt them. <sighs> Do you know how many churches could not survive? Only the big ones. My church, uh, I mean, the Catholic faith could probably survive that more than likely because they're a worldwide church. Um, the Jewish faith probably could, but, but most of them would not survive. And, and I realized that was when I realized that I needed to wake up and I needed to really look at politics and see what was actually going on. And I started to, you know, I started to listen to more political podcasts and things like that to realize, you know, what's actually going on. And it scared me. And the more that comes out, the more it scares me. And and I think part of the biggest problem with what's going on is a lot of people on the right are like that. They just have stood, like I did for many years, on the sidelines not doing anything. And, and they're starting to realize that, that we can't do that anymore. And... There's a lot of elements to the left on why they've gained so much power and control. I think a lot of it has to do with culture. I think they've controlled culture for so long, and that's how they manipulate everything. And so, you know, that was when I woke up and I realized, you know what, this is not okay. This isn't. And, 
And if, if I don't stand up and if more people on the right don't stand up, we're going to lose our country. We're going to lose our freedoms. I think we need a stronger third party. I think I, I, I think we've lost it already. We've lost our freedoms and the Republicans aren't really helping right now. They're letting us no. just have our way with it. And I'm, I'm at the point now where I am losing complete faith in all government, left and right, because they let this happen. Like, how can you let these tyrannical pieces of garbage shut down an entire economy? 66,000 businesses have folded since March. This is uh, according to a, a, a data from Yelp, right? Local businesses, some even larger businesses are, are being shut down. And I think there's more businesses shut down than actual deaths from COVID-19 that are overblown. And, and we can go into numbers on that. I just don't understand the fucking impact on people's lives because you shut down over a mysterious virus that you're, you're completely faking the numbers on because you hate the orange man in office so much that you would complete like that's like killing your own child because you hate your neighbor. You know, and then, oh, I killed my child. I'm going to blame my neighbor for killing him. And hopefully they go to jail. But I'm going to do something to something I love so much. I love this country. I really do. I just I hate and that was a weird analogy, by the way. But I hate the fact that, like, you have to kill your country in order to get power. And that's how much power means. to them. I'm sorry. Well, to I'm just passionate no, about. No, it's totally <laughs> fine. And I was talking to um, I saw a post from a friend of mine or or whatever. He's very, very liberal. And he put up, you know, how, you know, a lot of people on the right are saying, well, if you don't like this country, why do you stay here? Why didn't you just move? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of countries like Canada and Europe is kind of all <laughs> very left right now. Uh, why don't you just go over there? And he basically said, he's like, well, I'm a citizen. I have the right to change how things are run. And so... It, it's interesting because I think that's I think that's the ideology a lot of them have, is they don't want to leave. They know how great how great America is, but they still want to change it. Like it, it's like Californians moving to red states. And I don't know if you if you if you've seen this a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> or what? It's how Colorado got turned, and mm -hmm. it still shocks me that it's blue. It, it still baffles me how that happened, honestly. Like, it scares me because I can see it happening in Utah. I It's happening in Texas. You get all these people come from California because they don't like the policies. Well, they move to all these red states, and they turn these states blue because they vote for the same policies that they left California in the first place for. Like, it, it makes no sense. Like... And I think it's really, I think part of it is they just don't realize that they're doing it. I think part of them, they honestly, subconsciously just, they don't realize that they are hurting themselves in the long run. They don't think about the future. They just think about the present. And I think that's the fault in a lot of people on the left Mm -hmm. is they don't realize that a lot of the things that they're trying to go for is actually harming them, you know, and it's harming their future children and, and generations because they just don't, it, it's like the green new deal. They want this green new deal. They want to save the planet, whatever. Okay. I am all for environment and protecting our environment, 
but not at the expense of ruining our country and ruining our economy and ruining the way we live. Because if the Green New Deal were to implement, honestly, well, I don't know how they'd actually do it, to be honest. If you look at all the things they want to do in that document, it's like, I don't know how how you would even do this. Like, I think it's impossible. It is. But it's impossible. Like, literally, they... It would be like the biggest construction project ever known to mankind, and they don't want to use any natural resources to do it. And it's like, that's not possible. I'm, I'm sorry. It's impossible. And they don't realize that, yeah, you may help the environment a little bit, but it has nothing to do with the environment. They don't really care about the environment, or they would plant more trees. Like, mm-hmm. like really, that would help. That would help the ozone way more. <laughs> oh yeah. Than, than, than anything they want to do, and what they don't really realize is, like, the United States, for example, is one of the best countries as far as treating the environment. Go to China, and try to get yes. them to comply. To this. You need to get them to comply to this first, before anything you do would. Hey, shit! They dump in the ocean. Oh, that's ridiculous. Well, and and they wouldn't comply to any of this. And they don't realize that they're one of the countries that are the worst at harming mm-hmm. the environment. Like, I mean, what they put in the ocean. I, I mean, if you think of how many people live in China, <laughs> um, <laughs> their cities alone. I mean, there are millions and millions of people that live there. And hundreds of millions and they don't they don't you know yeah no no they would i have to comply i mean there are there are many other countries that have a lot more population than the united states does and they are the worst and and they don't really realize that the u.s has done a lot of good as far as helping the environment but mm-hmm. we're also not going to compromise our economy which is just as fragile it can destroy lives just as way more, actually, than than the environment right now can. 100%. I did want to kind of take it back a little bit to something we were talking about before. We were talking about schools reopening, right? Do, mm-hmm. you, think, do you think this is weird how we're still paying taxes that are going to schools? And I wanted to get your opinion on this about defunding not the police. Maybe we should give them a little extra and take it from the schools that they refuse to open and give it to people that are protecting us. Because a lot of these teachers are on board right now with not reopening schools unless certain things go into effect. And I know the left doesn't want want to reopen schools, even though a couple of them are claiming they do. But they want to do it in some weird, like, part-time thing where you – that just – it's not going to work. I'm not going to make my kids go to school where they have to wear masks and sit behind these fucking plastic chambers away from other kids. I'm not sending them to that environment. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to take homeschooling as an option, if anything, just because we have the means to do that right now and – Things are okay, but I but I want to ask you though: Are you in favor of defunding schools if they refuse to open, and maybe not paying school tax? Well, it's interesting that teachers don't want school to start. That's that's actually very interesting, and I think it's probably they'll still get paid. (laughs) You know, even if they do part time, they'll still get paid full time, and so. You know, it's interesting that they don't want to teach when that's you know their career. You would think that that's something that they'd want to do. Yeah. And, 
and I don't understand it. I think if if the government's like we're going to shut down schools, I'm like, fine, let's put that funding to other uses mm-hmm. um, that people could benefit from, like the police department, the fire department, you know, people that are vastly underpaid and undervalued. Uh, give it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's do that. Um, but but I don't think that will happen. And I think what you're going to get is you're just going to get people homeschooling. That is what you are going to do. That's what's going to happen. You're just going to get parents that will either homeschool or they'll find like, you know, something non-public to take their kids to, like a charter school or a private school if they have to. Um, I know a lot of conservative parents like that live in super liberal states like California that do that anyway, because what they teach kids in those schools are (laughs) ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I mean, if you just, if you just look at some of the things that they teach those kids, they teach eight year olds in California. (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) do you know where I'm going? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already happening in Europe and the UK Mm -hmm. and it's starting to happen here. And it's, it's basically, I think it's, I think it's, I think that's that's child abuse. What they mm-hmm. some of what they are teaching them is child abuse. If you look in those textbooks, if you look at you know the stupid sixteen nineteen project, if you look at all of the stuff, you know how they're trying to sexually educate our kids at eight. Okay, yeah. no child needs to know that. I'm exactly. sorry, no one that age needs to know that. Let them be a child. Let them be a kid they mm-hmm. don't that's not something they need to know and so and some of what they're teaching them is way extreme it's like no no you're gonna ruin a child and it's just it's just really sad and so you get a lot of parents that are just taking their kids out of school anyway because even if the schools were open they're seeing that their kids aren't being educated and I do feel for those parents that live in inner cities that don't really have any control. You know, they don't have the ability to homeschool. They don't have the, the, the money to actually take their kids to a charter school or a private school like they want to. Mm-hmm. They just have to, you know, they just have to let um, their kids get that type of education because that's all that they can do for their kids because they're worrying about paying rent and utilities you know, um, both parents are working type of situation. And in a lot of inner cities, most, most homes, 75% of them don't even have two parent households. So you're getting, you have a lot of single mothers that don't really have other options. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm a fan of school choice. That's why I'm a, I'm a big supporter of if you can homeschool, homeschool your kids. You know, make sure you know what you need to know or do half and half. I know lots of families here that they want their kids to be very, very well educated. So they have their kids go to public school half of the time. And then half of the time they have them come home early and they just teach them on their own. It feels like we're going to get to some point of segregation almost where you're going to have states that are willing to open and don't give a shit and states that are afraid. And you're going to see people migrating. You're going to see like tribes of people migrating to states that they can live their lives and people that are afraid to live their lives moving to states that 
that just want to hide up in their house and shelter all day long and, and eat spam from a can and hoard all the tissue and all that bullshit. I, I really feel like that may happen with the schools as well. Like you're going to see half the people maybe go to certain schools in town that are, are willing to stay open. I, I just fear that this is going to hit a local level where you're going to see people fed up because I see it here in South Carolina. We're a very red state. I fear that it may turn blue eventually because we're a very desirable place to live in climate wise and, and, and tourism wise. People love it. They love the beach. So I don't know what's going to happen. Are we all going to start getting in like, inundated by blue people coming in and just ruining things. And it's going to be a segregation on all sides in every state because Texas is, is man, they were my last hope. I was like, let's go Texas. The celebrities were talking about moving to Texas because they hated living in California. Now it seems like California is, is the worst place to live and people are moving out and they're coming into these other areas. So that's my big concern. We're going to be segregated. You're going to have the blue side and the red side. Like some schools are open, some aren't. And people are just going to be warring in towns and you're going to get that civil war that a lot of people see may be the end game for what's going to happen. I just wish there was a way that we can all come together and be like, listen, let's just fucking deal with this. We've gone through so many things as a civilization. COVID-19 is not going to kill us. What's going to kill us is us. Us disagreeing on dumb shit. We're all going to die one day. We can't just fear death. Every five seconds, if someone sneezes in stores, and I don't know, and, and I want to get your opinion and your personal experiences if, if you've seen this yourself, because Nerdette and I have been to the store without wearing a mask before the mandates in stores, and people were looking at us weird, like giving us weird looks and like turning their shoulders and kind of walking away from us, which we welcome because we don't like people in person anyway. We don't like being around people. But have you ever seen that before where like someone sneezes and you're like public enemy number one in the store or, or like they may cough? Do you see that in your personal life? Do you see any of this? No, I haven't really seen that here. Um, you still you. get quite a few people here that aren't wearing masks. Um, unless a store requests it. There are some stores um, that, you know, do request that you do wear a mask. Um, which is totally, it's their business. Yeah, I'm you fine. Know, I mean, I there's a local bookstore here that that I love going to. It's um, does a lot of our like church church publications and stuff like that, and they request that we wear a mask, and I do, you know, um, because I mean they're requesting that. And most times, if I go into store, I do I do wear a mask because, like I said, I'm really protecting my family when I do that, even though I hate it. <laughs> um, you know, but. But when I'm outside, I don't. I, it's fresh air. I I don't worry about it when I'm outside. I see people like the, the, that are outside and they're not close to anyone and they're wearing a mask or they're wearing a mask in their car. And I'm like, <laughs> it makes it makes me laugh when they do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, the minute I walk outside the door, I'm like, oh. I can take this thing out off. Exactly. I can't wait. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's so crazy. I have one in my car just be, and, and our good friend Sherry made the mask for us, by the way. Thank you again, Sherry. But I keep one in, in the car because I respect it. You know, private businesses can request anything. No socks, no shirts, no shoes. I get it. I will play by the rules. But the second I'm outside, you're not going to tell me to wear a mask. Down here, they have it where you have to wear a mask on a beach unless you're in the water. And I think that's going to end sometime middle of next month. 
which I think is ridiculous because the the facts on this thing are so all over the place. You, fa- uh, Anthony Fauci's got this famous sound clip where he goes, "Don't buy a, or wear a mask. They're stupid. They're not going to help you." And now what's he doing? He's virtue signaling with the mask on at all at all corners, shaming people for not wearing a mask. He's he's the biggest cheerleader for staying in your house, not working, not earning a living. Why? Because he's got seven figures in the bank. It's kind of easy for him to say that. How do you feel about millionaires telling people working check to check how to live their lives? I think they need to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. I, th- you know, when when you get all these famous people and they're te- all these celebrities, especially liberal celebrities, they're all liberal. And <laughs> I, I I remember. And I don't know if I share this clip with you, but this was probably this was way before COVID. And there was some like Hollywood. I can't remember what event it was, but, you know, you had all the famous Hollywood stars there and they had a comedian that was, you know, doing like the intro and he was he, he did the speech or whatever. And he basically told them, stop telling normal people what they can and can't do with their lives. They don't <laughs> care. They don't care what you think. Okay, stop when you come up and accept your reward. Ricky Just, Gervais. Yes, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and it was probably the best I've ever seen in Hollywood in a long time. I'm like, yeah, we need more of him. But probably if we had more of him, they'd just get fired. Um, yeah. But, you know... They, they, we need to, even us citizens, we need to stop relying on what famous people say. You know, stop listening to Taylor Swift and <laughs> Will Smith. And, you know, they do not control you. Okay. They are not, they are not all wise and all knowing, you know. Um, they are just, they're just giving you the liberal, the lefty, you know, water cooler, you know, lecture on what you should and shouldn't do. Don't pay attention. Don't think for yourself, you know, research, figure out what you want to do for yourself and, you know, let that be the standard, not, not what these celebrities say, because they're really just repeating the same nonsense over and over because they're all lefties and they're all just trying to keep their jobs at the end of the day. Exactly. And the thing about celebrities in general and just the fact that they get so much currency and the things that they say, they all parrot each other. They all repeat the same old shit. I wanted to ask you this because I don't understand how this works. And I just recently dipped my foot into the politics game right around Trump's fourth year of, 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 of election when I really came around on him, became a fan and even more so with the COVID-19 and kind of opened up my eyes as to what the media has power over and how big they can be. And all the lies of the Chris Cuomo rising from the ashes to greet his family, even though a week before he was beating up some guy or, or threatening to beat up some guy on a bicycle with his family without mask on, visiting his second home somewhere else, saying this is the first time he's seen them. All that bullshit. There's so much rage in me right now when it comes to the media. I wanted to ask you, though, like, why is the left so biased and they get so much favoritism from the media is there some secret email chain that they have like hey this is what we're doing this week because they're they're all on the same page they're like the new england patriots when they were winning all those super bowls they're such a well-oiled machine they're such a great team that they just are always on the same page and the right is always like eh. just don't see what the fuck's um, going on. 
you know, I think they just followed their leaders. You know, they just followed the leader. Mm. They don't, they just go along with it. They don't, um, and if they fight back, you know, look at what happened to Mario Lopez when yeah. he was on Candace Owens' show. Um, that was a good episode. I listened to that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and he got slaughtered. And look what he did. He retracted what he said and he apologized. And I'm like, why are you apologizing for fighting for, you know, not abusing children? But, you know, the thing is, with the left, you've got to stand your ground. Look at, you know, what's happening this past week with um, the head of Goya Foods. Oh, thank you. Because I, I, I had this one written down. Because it's on my list, and I really mm-hmm. would like to talk about this. Um, so, you know, he basically was, you know, he was doing something at the White House, which he did this, like, what was it, like six or seven years ago with Obama? Yes. Okay. The same thing happened. And when he, he made a speech about, you know, how great the president was, the media said nothing. They were like, oh, cool. Yay. They clapped, right? Um, but he said something good. That, that Trump is a blessing. He's doing great things. We, we, we are blessed to have him as our president. Oh, my goodness. They want to cancel him. And he's not retracting. He's like, I'm not going to retract. After this whole week of people trying to cancel him, and you are getting, you're getting lots of movements on the right where they are buying out Goya at their grocery stores. And there is a... There is a project in the works, and I don't know if it's started yet, but this is part of what Goya wants to do, is if you buy, like, say, like $10 worth of their beans or, or their product or whatever, you know, give to the local food banks with that. Let's, you know, feed the hungry, but at the same time, let's support support this company that are standing their ground against cancel culture. They're standing their ground against the media and against the left. And, and, and I love that they are doing that, that they're actually standing up and we need people. We need a big example of people standing their ground because I mean, that's going to be the biggest wake up call. I honestly think. You're getting so many people that are just, you know, look at what, what's happening to the logo for the Washington Redskins team, which I think is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, you know, they totally caved. And if you, they even polled most Native Americans in the country. <laughs> and almost 90% of them said that they don't want that to change because it honors their people. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, I mean, that's unique to their culture. And, and, and the thing is, this is all white liberals doing this, okay? Because they're offended. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're the ones being offended, meaning they're racist. They're racist. It's not, you know, it's not people on the right that are actually doing all these racist things. I think white liberals are the most racist people in the country because they tell they tell other people of color how they how should to feel, how <laughs> to feel. Like, really, they do. And and most of them are like, we don't want this change. That that's ridiculous. When there were, when we when there were all the protests and riots, and I think I can't remember what city this was in, 
But there were these two liberal white kids and they were spray painting all over, I think, this Starbucks store. And this this young black woman came up to them and she's like, what are you doing? That is not what we want. Yeah. That's only going to come back on us. We're going to be blamed for what you're doing. Do you have any idea what you're doing to us? And you could tell they were Antifa. You could tell like they didn't care. Mm -hmm. They were totally, you know, they totally had the appearance and attitude of most Antifa members. And they didn't care what they were doing. They didn't care what they were doing to that community. Mm -hmm. And and it's the same ideology. Most white liberals are just, they just try to fight the good fight for for blacks and and Hispanics and Native Americans Uh and Asians. And they don't realize that most people in those cultures don't want their interference. They don't care for it. Stop doing what you're doing. You're not helping us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the same thing happened at that Wendy's, too, where the white woman was, like, burning down the Wendy's when the one guy who should have been arrested, and he took the taser and shot it at the cop and got killed, which is another story. But then the white woman came and burned it down, and there was a black woman recording it like, hey, I just want to record this because this is a white woman doing this. We don't want to get blamed for this. They're going to blame us, so I'm recording you doing this. It's insane. I, I just don't understand, like, where did the white rage come from? I don't know if it's because everyone lost their businesses and their minds during the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know if, like, that was the gasoline and then just just a George Floyd guy getting murdered by a police officer in, in a very fucked up, horrible way was just the, the match that hit the gasoline and ignited all this fury that people had raging inside them. It's, it's absolutely nuts. There was another video where this older white man was walking towards a group of police that were trying to de-escalate a situation. He got lightly tapped, fell over, and cracked his head against the ground. And he'd, like, bled all over the the sidewalk or whatever. And now he's going to get a multi-million dollar lawsuit, I'm sure. And all those cops are going to get fired because you can't do anything. You take the power away from the police and you give it to this mob of people. You give it to the social media generation. The leftists, the people that cry the most and bitch the most, but have the biggest voice because they've got the media's backing. And the media is the absolute worst. To this point that I wanted to bring to you here, that that Andrew Cuomo, his popularity rating is 77% right now. His approval rating is 77%. And New York has the highest death count. That's the power of the media. Ron DeSantis in Florida did a great job, I think, by reopening and saying, hey, we're going to fucking do this. And people always bash Florida now. Oh, their oh, their rates are going up and New York's are going down. Because everyone in New York is fucking dead due to Andrew Cuomo's choices. Ron DeSantis kept it open and there's more testing. Of course people are going to go up in rates. What's more impressive is that their death rates aren't as high. Because they have the highest retirement community. People retire to Florida. You're old. You're sick. You're near death. You go to Florida to live your final years in peace. Their death rates haven't increased substantially, but their rates have gone up. So I would rather have less deaths and more COVID cases than, you know, what the fuck is going on in New York? Did you fucking see, by the way, and I'm cussing a lot, Bonnie. I'm trying to get you to cuss at least once throughout the <laughs> podcast. Just once. Just one F-bomb is all I want. Did you see that picture of the painting that Andrew Cuomo has hanging up in his little office now? He's got no. this. Oh, my God. You got you got to look this up, okay? There's this okay, picture. Okay, I'll look it up right now. What is it? It's really bad. There's a poster called New York Tough. 
and he has this really crappy poster and it says love wins and all these weird symbols that I'm sure some real conspiracy guy can look at and, and like dictate what the hell's going on. There's like a plane that says three million on it. There's a Donald Trump on a moon. There's like a sun with this weird face on there. And it's just really fucking weird looking all these weird symbols and shit testing and he's basically taking credit for New York having this big turnaround when everyone fucking died there off of his bad choices. It's just a really strange picture and he's touting this as if it's the greatest thing and his approval rate is higher than any other fucking persons out there when he has the most deaths. I think he handled this worse than any other political person. Did you find the picture yet? Yes, yes. I'm looking at it right now. Look at all the weird symbols and pictures. Isn't that the weirdest fucking picture you've ever seen? It's just just, just weird. There's all these like fucking symbols on there that I would love Billy Ray Valentine to talk to this guy right now, because I'm sure he can look at every single picture and, and, and equate it to some weird, like fucking underground Masonist, whatever the hell underground things there are out there. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I'm I'm sure there's a lot of weird hidden symbols in that picture that he just kind of put out there for people to say, Hey, look, bad things are happening. And I'm the most popular fucking guy on the planet. And he's the worst. I'm telling you, New York is just, the murder rates are up. Kids are getting killed. Fucking people are shooting fireworks at each other. Did you see that one, by the way? Yeah. We need it. What they need is Rudy. They need Rudy to go back. He did it once. He he was, I know. He was, I think he was one of the best mayors New York's had in a long time. Um, You know, and and his. New York is not, I used to want to, I always dreamed of going to New York City when I was a little, yeah, not, not, not the cesspool it's become today. It's like, I have no, no, you know, desire to go to Southern California, Northern California. Yes, because the people there are normal, but, um, and, and honestly, I would not be surprised if that state splits. They will. I, I think I think sure. it's going to happen, honestly, because you have half the country, literally, the northern half, literally is very conservative. And they hate all of these policies they have to live under. And I think they're going to get to the point where they're just going to all fight back. And they're going to be like, we just want independence from you because you're crazy and you're insane. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. A lot of them feel that way. And, and so... And I feel for a lot of conservatives that live in Southern California, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they just, I don't know how, you know, people like Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles live there and mm-hmm. they don't go crazy. Like, I, I don't understand. Buck well, <laughs> um, Sexton lives they, in New York. Yeah, I, I know. And it's craziness. I honestly don't know how Billy Ray lives in New York. Oh, um, I, I don't know how there. <laughs> I, I would have left there a long time ago. And, yeah. you know, I mean, look at South Dakota. They have tons of people um, moving there now. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Because, they're one, they're the only state that's, like, fully, fully open. They have tons of jobs available because their economy didn't struggle like the rest of the country. Yeah, they're free. They're free. Yeah. And people want that. But I have a feeling they're just going to turn that state blue. Um, <sighs> you know, and, and I feel for that. But but, you know, Charlie Kirk, he he did a he did a speech there like just a couple weeks ago. 
and and he told them you know he told all of like there were a lot of the republican like senators and politicians there and he's like just stay strong just stand for conservative values don't cave to the left and you know they won't be able to do anything to your state the minute you cave they'll manipulate their your state it's happening in my state very largely um and it's happening in texas it's happening pretty much in a lot of red states because you know a lot of it's gonna happen in florida like it is um and it's sad to see that you know you're seeing a lot of states that used to be red (laughs) that Mm -hmm. are that are purple or they're turning and it's just and i think a lot of the problem is people on the right i actually think they're half to blame because they're just not standing up like they should and i'm guilty of that okay so i i I am blame i'm putting the blame on myself just as i'm putting the blame on a lot of people on the right and you know as you listen to people like matt walsh or lauren chen who talk about the culture which or candace owens she talks about the culture a lot and that's something that most conservatives don't realize or haven't realized for a long time that you know politics are downstream of culture meaning you know the culture is gonna basically be the controlling factor of everything so everything that's going on right now is because of culture it has nothing to do with a lot of it doesn't have to do anything with politics because politicians on both left and right are going to be the same most of them okay they're all corrupt most of them there there's there's a few good ones and then you have the rest and you know that's what that's what trump has been working so hard is to you know drain the swamp get rid of that corruption mm-hmm. because even like you're seeing like the bushes and the clintons come together to fight against trump i wonder why i wonder why because they're part of the elites and they don't really care about the people they've never cared about the people they just care about power and money exactly the whole thing's fucked up and it, it, i i kind of want to bring it back to the podcasters that you mentioned one in particular being candace owens because that's a common interest we both love her to death we both think she's great the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And Candace Owens, she had that guy, uh, I forgot what his name was. He was a rapper, uh, something face. What was his name again? King Face. Yes, King Face. That was a great interview. I watched the video because I was impatient. I couldn't wait for the iTunes uh, drop or whatever. And she mentioned one line that really struck a chord. And I think a lot of people need to hear this when she said, You and I, King Face and I, are the, the real Black Lives Matter. And you listen to her message and the things that she says. She really wants to uplift her community and wants people to do better and free think instead of group think. And what she says really means something. And I think we could take a lot and we could use a lot more people like Candace Owens. People that think for themselves. People that don't allow others to think for them. People that don't accept handouts. People that don't go and stand in line eight o'clock in the morning and some food line or, or, or some line where they're giving out food stamps or, or, or free money and cash. You need people that want to do better. People that strive to be something more than what they think they're capable of because they're told they're nothing from the time they're a kid until the time they're an adult. If you're constantly told you're going to be a piece of shit from the time you're a kid, of course you're going to grow up to be a piece of shit. You're never going to be productive. If you are productive, then you're one of the very few percentage of people that can grow 
from being told you're nothing from the time you're you're taken out of the womb. And that's what the Democrats do. They suppress every nationality. Hey, you need us. You need our handouts. You need this. You need that. And she broke out of that, and she's spreading a positive message. And it really sucks that she gets so much hate online. People call her a sellout. They call her a piece of shit. Oh, you you just pretend you're white. You married a white guy. And it's, it's just all these horrible things. But she's strong enough to stand through it and keep pushing her message. I think we need a thousand, a million more Candace Owens out there because she is a positive influence. People need to think for themselves. People need to want to do better. And the fact that the Democrats out there are pandering so hard, you've got a whole group of them, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, a bunch of these other old fucks, I can't even, uh, Chuck Schumer, wearing the Kunta Kente fucking garb with their face mask on kneeling was the most pathetic pandering picture I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. I saw that and I felt physically ill. I wanted to vomit. Because you see them pandering so hard for that vote when you shouldn't be pandering for one vote. You should be pandering for everybody's vote, saying, hey, I'm not for the black vote. I'm not for the white vote. I'm not for the Spanish or the Asian vote, whatever other uh, the Guyanese vote, whatever the fuck. I'm here for America. I'm here for everyone to be unified under one umbrella. I'm not going to pander to anybody. I'm just going to tell you what the hell I'm going to do as a president. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I want things to be. We're all together. I don't see color. I don't see gender. I don't see any of this other shit. I just want everyone to be good. The fact that they pander so hard, it makes them look fucking pitiful. I've seen high school, school presidents have like, you know, these stupid things back when you put yourself in school. Oh, I'm going to get Domino's pizza every Friday. Oh, I'm going to get cupcakes every Monday. Stupid shit like that. That's what they see. They're saying things people want to hear for the audience they're trying to say it to. They're not there for everybody. It, it's all division. That's what they're spreading. And I fucking rambled on too long. But, yeah, that's just how I feel about it. What about you? I, <laughs> when I saw the whole Kente scarves, I was sickened, but for another reason. Because I know exactly what those scarves mean. Oppression. Do you know what they mean? <laughs> Oppression, probably. Well, actually, those scarves were actually worn by actual slave traders in Africa. Okay. Well, see, I didn't know that. So, Thanks. So even, even there was an, a woman in Africa that emailed them and said, what are you doing? Do you know how that, how offensive that is? That's worn by actual slave traders. So mm-hmm. you're promoting, you're actually promoting slavery. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Figures with them. Yeah. While trying to pander. And, and, and try to, you know, apologize for what, whatever. Um, and, and, and I think that's ridiculous. I think, you know, what I'm seeing from what they're doing, and, and this is, this is why, like, we're seeing all of this and we're, and I've been seeing it for a couple of years now, um, but it's, they're not hiding anything anymore. So we're seeing a lot of things just in color and just the truth coming out. But that just shows me how racist they are. That, you know, they don't care about blacks. They don't really care about them. They just care about their vote. And, and what you're going to see is if Biden wins, okay, if Biden gets elected, what you're going to see is they're going to open up the borders. They're going to open up the borders. They're going to let in all these illegals in. 
and that's going to be their new voting base mm-hmm. and they're going to pander to to the latino community they are and to get their votes so I can see Nancy Pelosi with the fucking maracas. She's going to be maracas with the fucking sombrero. Never ever hold the presidency again. Never, Ugh. unless civil war happens, which the more I see, the more likely I think it's going to happen. We're close because I think I think we're coming to a breaking point for people on the right. Mm-hmm. People on the right are sick. They are tired. They're exhausted. And they're getting to the point where they're just going to start fighting back. You know, especially yeah. when you when you have situations like what happened with that couple in St. Louis. You know, the mm-hmm. couple that I'm talking about where, you know, they got their guns confiscated and they've been charged. And I'm oh, like, yeah. they were defending their property. What are you going to charge them with? You saw about the one where the two women were like accosting them and they were trying to get in their car and the woman's like, I have a gun in my car. Leave me alone. And she got no, up. No, 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 no. The, the, the actual couple. So they were in a private neighborhood and there were some protesters from BLM coming onto their property, threatening them. And this couple, which, by the way, you look at this video and first off, gun safety, gun safety, <laughs> gun safety, because they were waving those firearms around and they almost shot each other so <laughs> <laughs> i seen this first one first off they don't know so. how to actually use a firearm <laughs> and i am sure dana went all out mm-hmm. and ranted on on just gun safety um but and they were just defending their property because they had seen what would ha- what was happening in st louis there were a lot of buildings being burned down and things and they were going to let that happen to their to their property but also what the protesters didn't realize is they couldn't just protest on that property they couldn't protest in that neighborhood because it's a private neighborhood people that live in private neighborhoods guess what they pay a lot of money for it to be private okay it's not it's not a public street Mm -hmm. it's not they, they, the protesters tore down the gate and everything. Like, they weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> um, but who's being punished? The couple that protected their own property is being punished because they pointed their guns at the protesters and said, "You come closer, and we're going to shoot you." It and doesn't make any sense. Just like the protesters, they just walked away. They're heroes. Why? Why did they walk away? Because people stood up to them. You stand up to people on the right, eventually they'll go away. They will. You have to stand up to them, though. That is the, I think that's the greatest lesson we can learn from all of this. You're seeing states, and I, I can't remember what state um, it was. I think it was Oklahoma or something, but they were trying to tear down monuments. And the police arrived, and they're like, you're not tearing down anything. Yeah. Because we'll arrest every single one of you and charge you with a crime <laughs> like and and they just they just ran away after after seeing policemen stand up to them there's a thing called law and order and and it works it, it, it's cool that it works isn't it like it's it's a miracle like you just have law and order you stand firm and guess what the riders don't go very far because and i think those big cities need to learn that they need to see that 
if you let rioters happen, if you just let them do whatever they want to do, they're just going to run over your city and destroy it. This whole thing feels so perfectly crafted to me. Like, I don't even think General Custer could have come up with a better plan. You think about this, right? It, it, it feels like this was a very long in the process plan to destroy everything and just get it's just too perfect you shut down well the economy. You it, it's 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 not it, well antifa have been organizing this for years yeah. if you look at what they've been doing they've been wanting this opportunity for years and they finally have it and oh. that's why you had all these coordinate almost coordinated attacks in all these cities mm-hmm I mean, it it was not, they've, they've been, I mean, and the thing is, you've had people like Andy No. I don't know if you know who he is. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. who he is? Yes, um, I do. He, had a really he tried good to infiltrate them, and it, it didn't work. He, <laughs> um, he tried, <laughs> but it didn't really work. He got hurt um, really bad. so organized. They have cells. They're, they're a terrorist organization. Okay. Terrorists are actually pretty organized. Um, it's how they can get stuff done, um, evil things done. Um, but that's how they get things done is because they're organized. And Antifa is like a terrorist cell. They have cells in all the different cities. And this was completely coordinated. And I think I would not be surprised if Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, Inc., which is what Charlie Kirk calls it because they're an incorporation They don't really care about the community or anything like that because they don't really fight for the actual people that live in the communities. Yep. And their money doesn't go into the communities either. Yeah. Oh, no. You know where the money goes, right? Al Sharpton's pocket. Well, yeah. Nancy Pelosi's (laughs) pocket and Joe Biden's pocket. (laughs) Or they're all somehow. If if you look at where the, the funding goes, if you look in like Black Lives Matter, where the money actually goes into, it's the same corporation that sends the money to to the DNC. Mm-hmm. So think on how much millions and millions of dollars are going into the DNC. Oh, God. So it's... just think of, that's why I think this is all political. I don't think this has anything to do with rights for blacks or equality or anything like that it has nothing to do with that because guess who guess who's actually been giving money to the actual communities to help rebuild them after all these riots who's that conservatives mm-hmm. okay black conservatives are the ones that are actually organizing um funding to help with these small businesses where their lives have been completely destroyed mm. You know, it's it's them who have been raising actually quite quite a bit, actually, because conservatives are like, well, I'm going to support this because it looks like it's actually. And when and I, I know because I donated to one of the, the group conservative groups um, and when when you donate, it tells you exactly where it's going to what business it's going to to help support. Even it goes straight to them. Okay. So. It's it's just it's very straight and clear where that support, where that money is actually going. When you do that on the Black Lives Matter website, no, you don't get any of that. <laughs> so you don't know where that's going. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 just just think of you know all the agendas that 
the Black Lives Matter Incorporated actually is about, because it's really about destroying our country. They hate America. And they, of course. And, and honestly, I hate Colin Kaepernick. I think he's one of the worst people in our country. Like, he is a hypocrite, first of all, because his family's white. He was so, adopted, wasn't he adopted? He was adopted by a white family, yeah. And, and he is a mixed race, too, because I remember the first time I saw him, I thought he was like a just like a tanned Italian or some shit. He doesn't no, look like a stereotypical. I think uh, yeah. genetically he's like half white, half black. Yeah, because he doesn't look like the typical black male that you would picture if someone no. said, hey, a black male. He looks like a like like an Italian. He, he really does, except for when he grew the afro out. And you're like, okay, I see it now. Yeah, but, no. I think he did that to show that he was more black or something like that. You know, just pandering like politicians do. Um, but he he came from money. His adoptive family gave him everything. He is so entitled. <laughs> He's sure. had everything given to him on the silver platter. And, you know, he and he's not like the best candidate for the head of Black Lives Matter. I mean, really? I mean, he didn't grow up in inner city. He didn't grow up struggling for money or to craft his own success. Like, I can name so many other people in the black community that would be way better than him because mm-hmm. he, he's never struggled for anything in his life. And he knows, he knows racism is not what he is portraying it to be. He knows. People are saying he made more money outside of playing football, just doing this quote unquote activist thing than he ever did playing football. He made a lot of money playing football. He, he has more endorsements outside than he ever did inside, which is basically showing people that, hey, if you're a virtue signaling, quote unquote, activist, that's a career now and you can make a lot of money. So we're going to see a lot more of this as the future goes on. It's just going to get worse or it's, it's never going to get better. You're always going to see people out there just trying to make things happen that they may or may not agree with. But, hey, it's a part of group thinking, hey, that person's popular for doing it. I want to do it, too. It's it, it's mimicry at its finest. People are going to want to do it just because they see someone that they admire getting successful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to look at that because even his football career, he was not likable. He was a third rate football player. And I really think what he did was pettiness because he was on the bench. He wasn't that talented. His team put him on the bench because he wasn't that good. And he didn't like that. So I think that's where all of this boils down to. It's just he he's he's just he he's petty. He's selfish. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. And, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see what, you know, when you get people like him that say he's dealt with all this racism and stuff like that. I'm like, really? Have you have you really dealt with a lot of racism in your life? Because I would I would like some of some of what you're suffering from. You know? Yeah, please. I would love <laughs> I mean, to like him. <laughs> look at Will Smith. Look at how much money that man has. And I mean the home he lives in. And you know, it, it just it, it takes me back to when when you listen to black celebrities that actually aren't on the left. And you know, like Lil Wayne, for example, the rapper. Yeah. He um, 
He said in a video that how blessed he is. He has never experienced racism in his life. Never. Yeah. He's like, I am so blessed to live in this country. I have not had it hard at all. I've been treated like a king all my life. And, <laughs> and, and to me, that, that, that tells me something. That tells me that, you know, not everyone suffers the same way. Like, yes, there's racism, but I don't think it's nearly what they portray it to be. Well, he looks like a fucking critter, so I'm sure he experienced some horrible things in life. Maybe people just looking at him and be like, what the fuck is that? He looks like yeah. shit. Yeah, he does. He, if you if you look at what he looks like, he doesn't look like he, um, you know. <laughs> Remember how cute he, he's well, had it easy, but but he said on an interview, and I don't know if you saw this video. I think I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a series of it had like Denzel Washington and had Morgan Freeman on it. Yes. Yes. You know what video I'm talking yes. about? Yeah. Yes, and which which I highly recommend everyone watch that. It it shows a different perspective from black celebrities that you know have really created a great life for themselves. And it's and it's not because, you know, yes there's racism, but it's that that has not brought them down at all they haven't let them mm-hmm. let any of that bring them down at all and you know it just shows that you know people need to realize that you can't let conflict keep you down and if you look at the numbers and candace talks about this all the time and larry elder ta- he has all the statistics and i wish i had the statistics before me um, but you can look them up yourselves um but if you look in the black community, if you just talk to the black community, since we are kind of discussing this right now, if you look during the time of Jim Crow, there were more black entrepreneurs than there are today. But that was actual systemic racism back then. The system, all the systems were against black people. Mm-hmm. By law, they were. Mm-hmm. But there were more, there was more success economic success from the black community than there is today and that that that's very interesting considering those laws were abolished they have more freedom and there's way more equality than there's ever been so so it's very interesting and larry elder talks about it a lot where he he's like people need the courage that black people had back then in the 60s and 70s was amazing it was miraculous because they had everyone against them, but they still created success for themselves. Well, that's because they had a really difficult position to be in. There was no help. There was no one, you know, extending that hand to pull them out. There was no Democratic Party pandering at that point. Everyone was against them. So what happened was you had a bunch of people saying, hey, we got to lift each other up to get out of this mess. We have to show them that we're better than what they think we are. And now you have people telling them, oh, yeah, you guys are great, but you guys are oppressed. You got these Democrats telling them that they're oppressed and that they're going to give them all this money. So then you become complacent at a certain point. But one thing I did want to bring up here was the fact that the media now is perpetuating the whole Black Lives Matter. Black people are oppressed. Police are killing black men and women at an alarming rate when the numbers prove that that's not the case. It really isn't. I mean, you you can go look at the death rates. And I I think they said like a less than 100 People were killed or black people were killed by police arms last year in these, uh, you know, um, 
like horrible cases where the cop just killed someone because of racism or whatever. But I blame the media because the media created this whole mirage where if you go back to like the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and even the 90s, they made black people out to be a certain way. The stereotypes were created by the media. They were created as thugs, horrible human beings. Every crime was a black crime back in the day. And then they were putting this idea in people's heads that blacks are horrible. If, if you see one walking down the street, you might want to cross the street and just avoid them at all costs because they're hoodlums. They were portrayed in movies as hoodlums. They were portrayed in TV shows as the bad guys. Thugs. Uh, it was horrible, horrible shit that the media was portraying them as. The same media now that is saying that, hey, black lives matter. We need to take care of them. We need to go out there and fight for them. The police are now the bad guys. So they flipped it. So you created this fear and hysteria and stereotypes for all these decades and expect it to just be corrected over a very short time by saying, hey, we need to fight now, 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 because it's election year. I just feel like they created so much damage over such a long period of time. It's going to take even a longer time for us to heal. And I don't know if that is the case because, like, we are the two most unqualified people to talk about this, being Hispanic and, and a white person talking about this. But this is just how we see it. And this is how I see it. I see it as the media portraying them as just horrible human beings and, and criminals and gangsters and shit. You're putting this idea in people's heads. And now you're saying it's not that way. Listen to us now. It's like, who do you, who the fuck do you believe? They created the dissension, and now they're even creating more dissension by flipping the, the script. It's just, I just don't get it. I feel like we need to take more control over how we live our lives as individuals and get better and heal each other and understand each other and just take the third party out. Stop watching TV. Stop watching the fucking news and just form your own opinions and just learn to love each other for who you are, the content of your character. The great Martin Luther King said that himself. Judge people by the content of the character, not the color of their skin. That's just how I feel. I don't know. I'm just throwing my, I'm throwing my proverbial heart out there on a sleeve. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just, just you know, a white girl, but, you know, I don't view people like that. I don't, I, I try to see people as human beings, and I don't, I see that people have different color of skin, but that does not affect how I view others, how I judge others, how I love others. I think... We've gotten to the point where, you know, we're not seeing each other as human beings. We're judging each other by, by, by skin color. And it's even worse today than, than I think when, when we were kids. Um, because everything's about race. And that's like the most racist thing, I think, <laughs> ever. Because when... and. Morgan Freeman said this, and, and I love that he said this, is he was asked how to stop racism. And he's like, stop talking about it. Yes. I'll stop calling you a white man if you'll stop, stop calling me a black man. Because when you put terms like white or black in front of, of a term like that, you're only, you're really degrading it. You're really only putting more focus on an issue. And so yes. it creates more of that issue. So when you talk more about racism, the more you talk about it, guess what? The more racism it will create. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't get rid of it. <laughs> Talking about it more. 
It doesn't. I think we are we're more racist today than we were 10 years ago. I agree. Because what? this whole Colin Kaepernick thing, when that totally came out, like I felt like people became more racist since then. See, I don't put it solely on the Colin Kaepernick situation because I do understand why he did what he did. I don't take it as a shot at the flag or the national anthem, even though he did pick a weird time to do it. I feel like he could have done it on a different platform at a different time. I don't think he needed to do it kneeling during the national anthem. I feel like that kind of put a little bit of dirt on what he was trying to say, which was a great message. Like police brutality is a thing. It is. It's not as big as they're saying, but it is a thing that does need to be addressed. And I am a firm believer in retraining police, paying them more and weeding out the bad cops. I think that they need to go through more training, more psychological testing, more deep diving, but they need to get paid a lot more. Because if I'm going to go out there and be a cop, you need to look into my history. I would feel safer knowing that this guy is a thorough family check. Hey, was his dad in the KKK? Was his mother a fucking child? Just look deep into their family history because I do believe in genetics. Was his, was his grandfather an alcoholic? I want the best of the best. I want like almost military style testing and training for these guys that go out there with a gun, that have rules, that, that, that can sit there and, and be a dictator and be the right person in every situation. They are basically God. They come to a crime scene. They have full control over what goes on. You get on the ground. I'm going to put my gun on you. I'm going to cuff you and bring you to justice. and You're going to get locked up. They have that power. They need to get paid as much as the power that they are perceived to have. And they also need the training to go along with that power to make sure that they're not abusing it. That's how I feel there. So I do believe in what Colin Kaepernick was doing. I don't think what he did was wrong, but I don't like the way and the platform he used to put that message out there. He could use his own personal Twitter page. He could have done TikTok. Well, I don't think TikTok was around. I'm not sure what the fuck TikTok is, but he could have done all those other platforms to put his message out there, but not do it on such a grand stage. I, I just feel like that put a little bit of dirt on the situation, but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. So now that we're on TikTok, <laughs> we should, we should probably talk about that. Let's do it. Have you, have, have you heard the latest news? Yeah, they're going to get about the countries that are like banning it from their countries. Have you heard? I know. I know we're supposed to be getting rid of it, right? In the U.S. We're supposed to. um, And I don't know where where the government is. I, I know there's two platforms. One is TikTok and I can't remember what the other one is. The other one is very obvious. You know, it's China spying on you. Oh. <laughs> um, TikTok is the same thing, though. TikTok, and I can't remember who said this, but there was someone that was investigating TikTok, and he was basically asked, you know, um, how safe is this? And he's like, well, if you don't mind China spying on you, then download it. But if you do mind, don't download that. Don't let your kids use it because it is the type of software that it is, it spies on us. So they see every video that you do. So it's, it's, they are, they're spying on us. They, I mean, they've been doing it for years and this is just another way for them to do it. And everyone's using TikTok. And one, I don't really, the the app I think is horrible. It's not an attractive app at all. Um, And two, it's just, one, it doesn't really appeal to me. 
I'm not really one for making stupid videos of myself. I think that's just <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and I just, I don't understand why people create the most ridiculous, make themselves look so stupid. I, I don't get it. Like that, that whole concept, I don't understand. But the fact of the matter is China is using it to spy on the American people. We need to ban it. Other countries are banning it. India has banned it, for crying out loud. Um, that tells me all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> the India. Well, I'll tell you what. Anything that gets Lizzo's fucking fat ass from twerking, I am good. Get rid of it because it needs to go away. I don't want to see her doing anything in a thong. I've seen beached whales flip around on a beach that looks sexier than her in a thong. I'm serious. It's <laughs> disgusting. But I'll tell you what, though. The whole TikTok thing, I get the appeal. Because right now, what are we promoting? Social media, influencers, people that get likes, that like button. They get paid. You know how much money that Kylie Jenner made? And <laughs> she's a billionaire. I would say half of that is because of social media. Because she's good looking and she's from a famous family. People want to be famous. They see this shit and they want to parrot it. They're like, oh my God, she's posing naked on a beach? I'm going to pose naked on a beach. I'm going to have an Instagram thought channel. I'm going to post myself in bikinis because I'm a good looking female. There's this other thing called, um, the fuck, it's uh, Twitch. So girls play games on Twitch in, like, their bra. And these women are all well endowed. They got huge boobs. And they jiggle around. They laugh a lot. They flirt with guys. And what happens? They get money. Constant money streams. Thousands of downloads. Thousands of people watching. And they're giving money because they're being whores. Do you think that's the future? Do you think we're going to stop having real jobs and just being influencers? I think it's going to happen. I think the way that society is developing and has been changing, I think that's going to happen. I think that's where the money is actually going to be come from, a lot of it. Mm. And, and you're seeing lots of influence, influencers make so much money. Um, very interesting to, to see that happen because I just grew up in a whole different time whole i mean i didn't have a cell phone to college and it was not a smartphone it was <laughs> it was a flip phone you know like very basic all it did was call and text and it yep. had solitaire on it that's it that's all you had I, had. I had snake that was all i had really <laughs> snake that was it <laughs> yeah but that was back in the day when email was barely anything and internet was just to do research for a paper for school like you know there wasn't yeah. really much out there of course. <laughs> you know so i grew up in a whole different time where we played outside and i didn't play on video games till i was probably in college you know oh. my parents didn't allow video games inside they were like go out inside outside and play that you know that's that was good. That was, it was different back then. <laughs> well, yeah, that's very fair. I mean, like you have to go outside and get, and that's something that a lot of people are lacking now. And the fact that people aren't allowed to play outside is horrible. Like people are getting uh, publicly shamed. And this is something I, I also want to get into. And oh my God, we've gone two hours already. We said before we did this, we did about an hour and a half. And here we go. We're just fucking going. And I haven't even gone through <laughs> half my shit yet. This is crazy. But <laughs> The whole Karen thing is something I wanted to talk about, too. The fact that we are policing each other, that the media has got us whipped up into such a 
fucking frenzy that people are policing each other and spreading fear and hatred upon each other. There was a video of kids playing football in the streets. Some black, some white. Some random Karen called the police from these kids. The cops showed up because they have to show up to every call. A lot of people don't realize that. They think that they're just harassing kids, but no, they have to show up. That's that's part of being a cop. No matter what the call is, you have to check it out make sure people are safe. They showed up and saw the kids playing football. They're like, hey, we played football in the streets as kids. Let's throw the ball around. And they were playing football in the streets. And that video wasn't very circulated because it was cops doing something cool. You know, you don't see that. But I wanted to ask you about the whole Karen thing. Do you think we are ever going to stop policing each other? Do you think we're ever going to stop putting cell phones in people's faces because they're not doing what you want them to do? Why is that everyone's fucking first reaction when they see someone doing something that doesn't pertain to groupthink? Whatever you like, you have to pull out your cell phone and record them. It's it's it should be criminal, and I think that is our next step, is to make that against the law to record people against their will, unless they're doing something against the law. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, um, I think this comes down to culture. I think this comes down to where we're at as a society, and what I see is a lot of self-interest. And I think that's what this boils down to. I think this boils down to self. Yeah. And, you know, there's this famous quote, and I can't remember which president said this. Um, but he said, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I believe that was a Democratic president, by the way. And it's very interesting that we have gone so far away from that complete opposite in society now, where we just we just care about ourselves. It's all about self-care. It's all about self-interest and only focusing on self instead of serving others and helping others. And, you know, I think that's where all these Karens come from, honestly. And, and a lot of things that are happening in society is based on that is where there's so much interest in just yourself yeah, and being focused on yourself. And I am not saying not take care of yourself. Yes, you need to be healthy and you need to take care of your body and your mind and your heart and, you know, be the best person that you can be. But at the end of the day, you need to forget yourself and go to work. And what I mean by that is Look for ways to help others. That is the greatest thing that you can do for yourself, honestly. Is when you are serving others without any interest in yourself, that helps you more. Exactly. It, it does. And people forget that there's so much focus, especially on the left. They've created this culture where, and I think that's where all these apps come from. You know, it's all about, you know, what you think and what you look like and what you say and, you know, you, you, what Instagram's about, it's about, you know, what you're doing, you know, what your, what, what, what your outfit is for the day or what your, your, you know, what house decor you have, or, you know, it's all about you and it's not about benefiting and serving the community you're in. Yeah. And and we've we've gone away from that. And 
you know, everything that you see in society today that has a problem, I think boils down to that. You know, there's so much, there's so much news, there's so much media, all the social media, technology, I mean, all of that, I think, are factors in developing this type of culture that we have, this self-interest culture. And it's, it's really dangerous because this is where when you just think about yourself always a hundred percent of the time society is going to fall apart it is because some of the best things that have happened in the history of the world have yeah. been in service of others by the way the president that said that was jonathan fitzgerald kennedy himself that was oh, okay <laughs> But I do feel you know, on the whole uh, social media thing, and I really think that was the beginning of the downfall of society. I feel like if we didn't have such constant contact 24-7 with each other across the globe, there's a reason why we live so far apart from each other. People aren't supposed to mingle like this unless you can have an open-minded discussion. We're just not ready for that as a society. We see what the hell happened when you gave us Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, all these other things that came out over the years. Horrible things happen. You put horrible people with horrible people and good people with good people and everyone intermingles and ideologies change because online is this big tribal thing. You get people that want to be on one side, one on the other side, and people want those like buttons. So they're saying things that they necessarily don't mean or want to say because they want that like button. I personally found myself a part of of certain like social media sites or whatever and um, even like the Reddit pages saying things and then deleting them before I post them because I just don't want to get into a one-on-one confrontation or getting jumped or attacked online. I stop myself. I censor myself plenty of times because I want to say something, but I'm like, is it worth it? And I stop myself. And and maybe that's a weakness because I just don't want to feel like I'm getting attacked online. And I'm a pretty strong human being. Strong mind is strong will, but I just don't want to waste the energy. Other people out there are probably changing their entire way of thinking because they want that next like. And I think that's our biggest detriment to society is that people are afraid to voice any opinion of how they really feel. I think if people really said what they felt, I think it would be a great thing. There was a really strange customer I had at a cell phone store a long time ago where he said he had the third eye open and he was a fucking psycho. He had like jewels and shit around his neck, like a cubic zirconia. And he's like, oh, this one helps me read people's minds. And he was a fucking nutcase. He had like a Harry Potter cane that he would walk around with and shit like out of wood that he made himself. He was a real fucking psychopath. Myrtle Beats is weird people. But he <laughs> was. But something he said to me sticks to me this day. He said that he can see what people people's real intentions are. And he brought up the lizard people and also weird shit I don't believe in. But he said, wouldn't that be a great power to have if you can see people's real intention? He's like, imagine a pair of glasses that you put on over your regular eyes. And you can hear people saying something, but see their true intention. You can see the inner snake inside of everybody. And I guarantee you, if we put on that pair of glasses that he was talking about, that pair of glasses that doesn't exist, you would look at Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and all these other people and see the snakes. They're all just fucking snakes. And they're all just looking for power. So that's one thing I took from this random customer of mine from years back. It's weird shit. Well, (laughs) people do have bad intentions. Of course. I mean, and, and, and a lot of it is just, you know, just, and some of it is they don't even realize it. 
you know, it's just part of being human is we all have faults. We all have, you know, certain intentions that aren't, you know, super honorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, but it's, but it's when we fight back against those intentions, when we say, no, I want, I want something better. I want to be better. I want to rise above, you know, and, and rise above those expectations, rise above what, what my, my inner self is actually telling me, because I don't really want that. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so I think it's, I think that's just part of how we are as human beings is because you have to decide for yourself the type of person you're going to be. But if you don't have that conflict within yourself, you're not going to be able to know whose side you're going to be on. Mm-hmm. You want to be good or bad. We all have good and bad in us, but, but it's all about choosing the side that we want to be on. And, and, and I think a lot of people are just very confused right now. There's so many mixed messages everywhere and they're just confused and they just don't know where to turn. And, and, and that makes me grateful. And, and I know we don't really want to go on this, but it makes me grateful to have the belief system that I do mm-hmm. because I know exactly what I believe in. I know exactly the path that I want to take. And I have that drive and passion to get there. And and I've had that since I was little. I've had that compass within me since before before I can even remember. And I've always known the path that I wanted to go down. And and even though there is a lot of confusion, even today, and I see a lot of members of my own faith really be super confused. Um, but but I always know which path I want to go down. And and I'm more confused by how other people are acting and reacting to situations and 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 saying that we're not we're not animals i'm seeing so much animal type behavior and it's like you have a mind you were given a mind for a purpose for a reason and we are all capable of being free thinkers thinking through situations thinking logically and I think a lot of what's happening is emotional reaction. We're reacting emotionally. And I think that's dangerous. If, if you can just sit back and just, just look at a situation objectively without letting your emotions get involved, that's, yeah. that's, a, that, that's what we've forgotten to do as a, as a people, as a society, as a culture is we're reacting too much and that can be dangerous i agree and the current job that i have right now really opened up my eyes in a different way a lot of people were very proud and i talked to maybe a hundred people a day and they're like mini podcasts now that i talk to people like 10 minutes here 10 minutes there i could record these conversations and have a hit podcast i'm sure because i'm hearing life stories from people that have lost their businesses to covid-19 people that have lost their their livelihoods and some people that don't deserve it so i see about 50-50 people that were getting the $600 bonus that were maybe only making $200 a week and they tell me their stories like hey i was working at a restaurant i was making you know $200 a week and now i'm making like a $900 a week. I'm never getting off of this. And you can see their money on their account. 
And then I could also see because people call in, they say, hey, what are my last couple transactions? And I'm looking and I'm like, Nike, Foot Locker, this, that, and the other thing. And then they're crying about their bills not being paid. So we're seeing, or at least I'm seeing, because I have a pretty wide uh, you know, perspective of what's going on because I talk to so many people now. I talk to business owners that are crying because they can't pay their employees. I had this one woman call. She said that she can't pay her employees with the money that she's getting from unemployment. She's giving her money to her employees and keeping the bare minimum to keep her kids fed. And I'm sitting here hearing these conflicting stories and it breaks my heart. And it really does show that people in general just have to get off of this fucking virus thing and just form your own opinions, fight back and just become stronger people because of it. You need to get your lives back together. Don't let people tell you what you can and can't do. The fact that they're telling us that we can't earn a living is just really heartbreaking. And I know I kind of went off topic a little bit, but I wanted to throw this out there a little bit earlier, but we kind of just talked about a whole bunch of stuff. And I think it's great for people to hear this. But, man, it's just it's just it's really heartbreaking. It's It's been taking its toll on me more and more over the days. And just hearing people's perspectives, like real life perspectives and seeing scumbags out there buying all sorts of like things that they shouldn't be buying. And they're crying about, you know, oh, I can't pay my bills. But then you see they spent eight thousand dollars on clothes and, and, and cars and shit. Just dumb purchases. It's just it's. The, it's it's the government's master plan working. Give them money for nothing. Keep them home. Make them realize how nice this is if we give them money. I feel like there's this bigger master plan that we haven't even seen the final act yet. It, it, it's like we've seen an hour and a half of the movie, but there's still about a half hour left. What's next? What's happening? They're, they're already basically telling us it's better to stay home because we'll give you a lot more. But they haven't done much besides the extra unemployment. It's it's absolutely nuts. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think people want to go to work? Do you think the mass majority wants to? Or do you think people are kind of okay with sitting at home and collecting all sorts of extra money? I think people are becoming used, becoming accustomed to sitting at home, doing nothing, and making money while doing it. I think mm-hmm. it's creating a laziness. And... If you let people be lazy, they will be lazy. Like that that's human nature, honestly, is if you let it happen to yourself, it will happen. You'll become lazy. You'll not want to go to work. I remember um, during um, like a couple months ago when most businesses were locked down or they were having their employees stay at home while being on unemployment. My two roommates, for example... They, you know, could sit at home all day. They did nothing, by the way. (laughs) And they got paid. They got paid. I still work because I was essential. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I mean, it created more laziness because literally I would come home after a nine hour shift and still have to clean the whole apartment Mm. almost every day. And I'm like, you guys have been here all day. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and I have to come and clean, like, and, you know, it, it created laziness. It created a uh, attitude. Well, you know, I don't have to work. I don't have to do anything. You know, I don't have to live productively. And that's a danger 
in society. It's, it's something I've been seeing for quite a few years now. It's just, it's just been different elements that you don't quite see. Um, and it's been building up and building up and building up to more. It's, it's, it's why I'm against, you know, freeing up all of these kids from their student loans. It's, lack of accountability and responsibility yeah. to pay what they promised. It, it's hard to see in adults, honestly, is when you make a commitment, you need to stand by that commitment. And if we just if we just forgive all of the student loan debt, they're just the, what the what most of their attitudes are going to be like is that's how they're going to treat the rest of their lives treat the rest of their transactions of, of how they treat people, of how they treat any, any type of thing that they do. They'll, they'll just want to be free of that debt too, is when they take on a loan or anything, they're just, they're going to want that paid without having to work for it. See, I disagree there. And I feel like the whole college system needs to be retooled, if not getting just disintegrated altogether. I feel like if you can produce the fact that you paid off your student loans, you're a responsible human being. I know Candace Owens is one person out there who said she paid off her student loans and good for her. There's a lot of people out there that get told this, they like they get told this whole narrative that college is the way it's supposed to be. And this is the only way you're going to be a productive human being in life. And there's all these online classes, Phoenix, uh, College of Phoenix, uh, DeVry University, these fucking scams out there. Hey, you have to come to college. You have to do this. Recruiters will call you, email you, put lock you into these things before you and, and get your agreement before you're the age of 18. They sent a guidance counselor to my high school when I was a kid and I was like 16, 17 years old. And they were like bringing us into a room and just selling us on college and, and trying to get us assigned to things that we weren't even of age to sign for because they wanted you to go there. And it was basically a way for high school or high schools rather to get money from these universities for basically getting students to sign up for shit. I just feel like college is a scam and I'm a big advocate for trade schools where people can learn things for free. You go, you, you learn the basics, what you need to learn. And then you learn a trade, something that can give back to society. I, I've had more friends that went to like, there was a place in Piscataway, New Jersey called Piscataway Votech. I've had more friends go there and get cosmetology degrees, get, AutoCAD degrees, get degrees and things that you can work with your hands. And they are some of the most successful people that I know. They've got their own businesses out of this. But people I know that went to college are working bullshit nine to five customer service jobs that aren't even using their degree because it's a scam and they're buried in debt. I, I, I just feel like maybe if you forgive college debt, eliminate college and just fucking make more trade schools where people can become productive. I think you can make more useful human beings that way as opposed to selling them a dream and a lie and taking their money and burying them in debt. I, I just feel like that's a better way. And for people that paid off their student loans, maybe we give them a stimulus. Like, hey, you paid off your loan. Here's a chunk of it back. Here's a lot of money back. One-time payment. How about, how about we call it reparations? You know, like just do something with that and just make more productive humans. That's just how I feel about it. I just feel like we need more people working with their hands, getting trained to do something they can do. And just not getting sold a dream and a lie. That's just how I feel about it. Um, I agree with you on some points. Like I think most of what they try to recruit for colleges is is definitely a scam. 
I think you you shouldn't go to college unless you're going to be a teacher, a doctor, an engineer. <laughs> like, really. Like, yeah. That's what you should go to call or a scientist or something like that. Then, then yes, I want you to go to college. If you're going to be a heart surgeon, yes, you better take mm-hmm. 10 years of medical school. What yes, about please, liberal arts? Go and do that. Please, please, please. <laughs> but, but for these stupid careers like gender studies or the history liberal of feminism, um, I think those, yeah. <laughs> and they go to schools like Harvard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or or Duke or or whatever that have I mean, big I mean they get into big loans over mm. over a over a degree they can do nothing with. That is a scam. One hundred percent. But when what I worry is if we forgive those student loans for all those kids that decided to go into gender studies please (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so they could so they could pronounce all the right pronouns for all like the hundred genders that apparently there are in the world i just i think if we forgive all of that debt they'll keep doing it in their lives they'll keep expecting to be rescued out of the agreements they make in life so, so down the road, let's say they get an auto loan or a loan for a house, a mortgage. What do you think is going to happen? I, I agree with you there, but I do feel like there needs to be an expectation set. Like, hey, we admit that, you know, this has been a, a scam from the start, the whole college situation. And there's so many signs that point to college being a scam. I know DeVry right now has this humongous fucking class action lawsuit that people have to interject themselves into. Like a lot of lawyers are getting involved with that now. It's supposed to be resolved, I think, in October because they sold a lot of false narratives and and a lot of lies to get people to sign up for a lot of things that they couldn't even basically make happen. They were telling people, I guess, like 90% of people like graduate from DeVry, get a job within six months, and people were realizing that wasn't true. I feel like if you were upfront and honest, be like, hey, listen, this was a scam. This is how things are going to be. We're going to use this and... We're going to get rid of colleges. We're going to make more schools for people to get something. Like, I'm a big advocate of trade schools. They need to do more of that. But as far as the car loan thing, like, having a car is a luxury, not a necessity. You can get by with riding a bicycle, with walking, public transportation. There's options for that. I just feel like college, they put so much into the fact that you have to be a college graduate. You have to have that piece of paper. Hell, on job applications, you have to... Check off if, if you've got a degree. Why do we put so much currency into that? I feel like some people are just better suited for jobs than others, not because of a degree based off of what their experience is. But experience doesn't matter because I've seen people passed up for jobs at my previous position, the previous job I worked at, that they've had experience, but someone comes in with a degree and they bump them out. And that person sucks. The person who had experience that didn't have the degree would have been better. And I voice my concerns to upper management all the time because of that. I just feel like that degree just gives you a certain sense of self-importance and maybe other people see it as a notch above other people. It's, I, I just don't see that as being something important. I feel like we should abolish colleges and retool the system. I feel like we learn everything we need to know by the time we finish high school. I've never used any kind of advanced algebra in life after I learned it in school. I don't fucking have to talk about social studies or science much because I, I just don't need that stuff. I feel like we should just kind of trim the fat, 
and put more into things that we need in life, like more life skills, teach kids how to tie their shoes, teach them how to do certain things, teach them how to just live their lives, be independent human beings. I just feel like we're wasting too much time on dumb shit. I really do. I I agree. And I think, you know, um, you know, back in our day, college was different though. I mean, being pushed into college is like, okay, you want to be a doctor or a teacher or engineer? Like, that's what college was for back then. Mm-hmm. You know, at least that's what I remember it being. It was not like they have the most ridiculous degrees today. Th- they do. That <laughs> they serve do. no purpose. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. If you want to be educated, it's called reading. It's called researching. It's called, you know, using your brain. Like, you can you can be educated. You can learn about history and philosophy and the arts and, and all of those things on your own. Like, you don't need to go to college for that. Yeah. You don't need to go to college to learn science or to learn more math or to learn, you know, about the classic literature or, you know, you don't need college for that. It's called going to a library or a bookstore. That's mm-hmm. how you learn, you know. Um, and and I am all about educating yourself, you know, opening your mind to new ideas and and learning about history, learning about philosophy, learning about those things that we do need to know. But we, we do need to have skills that we learn in life. And I think we've kind of gone away from what's really important and what we really need to learn and know to be a well-rounded, balanced individual that can be a benefit to society, right? Yes. And and so you don't need college to be successful. You don't. Mm -hmm. One of my my mom's best friend, her husband, he is a millionaire. And guess what he does? He owns a plumbing business. He's a plumber. And he Mm -hmm. makes a fortune. So, you know, (laughs) forget the gender study degree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, it's it's better to learn, get a skill set, get something that that you, you know, you want to do, you can work with your hands or whatever, and, and you can help people while you're doing it. Plumbers make a lot of money. We we do. Oh, my goodness. They make so much money. I mean, when he started his company, it was was very small you know now he um he serves all like the mansions in the area and he serves all the rich people and you know we have something and i don't know if you have anything like that where you live but we have something called parade of homes here and it's basically where you have all these like rich houses that they get all set up and they do tours where you can pay for tickets or whatever and you can go tours for all over the county for different houses different looks or whatever and he he helps he does the plumbing for all of those type of homes and they're like they're million dollar homes that we're going through like that you walk through like they are they're the they're where the rich people live (laughs) you know and he built his business and i swear he and his wife they move into a new house like every two years that's how much money he has yeah this handles a million dollar shit literally (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so i mean it's just there there are ways to make a lot of money look at charlie kirk 
Look yeah. what he did at 18 years old. I mean, he did not go to college. <laughs> He's a very smart guy. I've listened to a lot of his stuff, thanks to you. Yeah, he is one of the smartest people. He's very, I mean, he knows, he knows all, he knows culture, he knows history, he knows philosophy, he knows the arts. Like, he is a very well-rounded intellectual individual. And he didn't go to college for any of that. He just used his brain. He just read books. <laughs> That's what he did. And he just became educated. He wanted, he had an idea of, to create a company that would help others. And guess what? He probably makes a lot of money. <laughs> oh, he makes a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. He has money. So, and, and look how, look how influential he is. And and look what he's been able to accomplish just in five years. He's when actually the very young. Knows your name and retweets you. You're somebody. <laughs> You've done <Yeah>. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is. He he's high up there. Oh yeah. You know. And so I mean, he has the ear of the president. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that should tell you something that the president endorses his company. So, I mean. And and this is a president that's been a businessman all of his life. Mm -hmm. I, that says something to me too. Um, I think it's I think it's important to create those skills to do something that you that you that you know you'll you'll enjoy doing, and be successful at it. And and it doesn't exactly. matter what it is. Um, exactly. You know, I, too many people get stuck in the idea, and this is something that is taught. Okay, this is something that your parents teach you, that your teachers tell you to do, that your that people you go to school with tell you that you need to do. You need to go to college. You don't need to go to college. You don't. I mean, if if you can afford to go to college, sure, go. You know, um, but if you want to go, go. You know, I'm not saying if you really want to go, I'm not saying don't go. I'm saying be mindful of of what you're going to deal with, of expectations of you know the money that it's going to cost um be mindful of the fact that you might be paying loans student loans the rest of your life be aware of that if you want to go there and get a degree in something that you can make money from it's not just it's not that worth it. the fact that you talked about the plumber i feel like that's why i'm such a big advocate of the vocational schools is because I feel like the way that we're becoming more of a, you know, technology generation, people want more computers, they want more automation, they want more things done for them. I feel like we're going to almost revert back to people that are specialists in certain areas. Like, hey, I can fix a toilet. This computer nerd can't fix a toilet. So that's where I'm going to locate my business to areas in tech, like maybe Seattle or California. Where people are just like, oh, I can't be bothered to do this myself. I'll just hire someone to do it. Oh, my fan blew. I'm going to hire someone to fix my fan. People that are good with their hands, I think we're going to go back to more of an Americana version of the way we used to be. Where people, I mean, I know some people out there grew up with their dads under the car with a wrench fixing things. But their son never grew up with that because he had Nintendo and he had computers. And he just doesn't want to do that anymore. I think we're going to go back to that almost in a certain sense where people are going to be better with their hands. Like, hey, you broke something. I can fix that. Pay me to do it because you're too lazy to do it yourself. That's why I think more vocational schools with maybe a wider spectrum of, of classes taught in more special areas 
Maybe we can have an electronics guy, a guy who can fix cell phones, a guy who can fix TVs. Maybe train people to do more things, create more jobs that way, to do things that lazy people won't do. Because we're lazy now. We are. We had to hire a plumber because our fucking pipe blew. We had no idea how to fix it because we've never done that before. I'm sure any regular smart person could have come over and fixed it in five minutes, but I paid like 600 bucks. That's why I said they make a lot of fucking money because they do. So, I mean, I feel like that's where we're going. We're going into a place where you need special people to do special things that other people are just too lazy to do. So I think we're going to kind of revert back to that hard back American male nine to five, you know, just doing hard jobs that other people just don't want to do. So I think we're going to get back to that. Hopefully we can. But I do want to ask you about the second stimulus check, because that's something I had in my docket here. The fact that we've been shut down for, what, five, six months now, probably, close in some areas. Do you think they're going to give us the second stimulus check? And how hard do you think Trump has to push to make this a bigger stimulus check in order for him to get reelection? Because if he doesn't pass this, if this one doesn't go through, if he doesn't bend the knee to whatever the hell the left's trying to throw out there, they're going to use the power of the media to make it look like he doesn't give a shit about you guys. And he's in a very hard spot right now. Do you think he's going to just accept whatever the hell things that they throw at him in order for him to make it look like he's giving us the money that we deserve for being stuck home and businesses being shut down? Or how do you think this whole stimulus thing is going to play out? I think it's going to cost him and it's going to cost Republicans a lot. I think it's going to come at a very high price. And I'm not sure it's worth it. Because in order for him to do the type of stimulus check he wants to give, you you know you know what the Democrats are going to do. They're going to put so much political stuff in there. We are going to be paying for that for generations. Yeah. And and I think Trump will do it because he actually cares for the American people, unlike the rest of them or most of them, don't really care. They just want to carry through their political agendas. And I think it's going to come at a very high price. I think it's going to go through. He's just just going to accept it. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be something he's going to really want to do because he knows what it's going to cost all of us in the end. And you know, I know that there are people, there are lots of people that need that. But at, where where do we take a stand? Where do we put our foot down and say no more of this? Where do we say no? I, I am not going to be bought anymore. I'm hmm. going to stand up for what's right. Yeah, me too. Me too. I feel like the whole unemployment situation needs to end immediately. And I think today, as we record this podcast, it's July 14, 2020. I think this is your last week of enjoying that extra 600 bucks because on the 31st, it, it ends. So anything after that will just be regular unemployment unless they choose to extend it. I feel like that was the biggest culprit and the biggest indicator of how the Democrats wanted this to go. They wanted people to enjoy being home, enjoy the lockdowns. Let's give them money, more money than they've ever had before to stay home. Let them shoot fireworks at each other 
shoot, throw a uh, fucking bombs, uh, Roman candles at homeless people, fight in the streets, cause havoc, watch the news all day. Because if you're in the house, you're watching TV. Let's just put some horrible shit on there for people to enjoy and, and, and infuriate them and get them pissed off. Crash the economy before Trump you know, gets reelected because he was cruising to a beatdown at before COVID-19, supposedly, you know, just decimated the economy. He was cruising towards another second term because he was doing a great job. I just feel like this whole thing is just set up by design. If you look at the pattern and how things fell into place, it's so obvious. And the fact that I've lost a lot of friends over social media and I've deleted social media accounts because I'm sick of seeing the battles, the wars raged in Facebook conversations of people posting dumb shit. Oh, well, if you don't wear a mask, you're an idiot. And then you see like a thousand comments underneath that person saying shit. I'm just over it all. I, I am. I'm really sick of it. And I'm glad that we took the time today to just fucking talk about this because I, I have to get it out of my system once in a while. I'm glad that you were my huckleberry today. <laughs> it was just <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. I, I, I love doing it. And I have a whole page here of things that I didn't even get to go to. And I want to ask you, do you have anything that you want to throw out there? Any other topics you want to do? Because I'm fucking game. Let's do it. Oh, I had a whole list of articles to go over. But <laughs> I know, I know. Um, there, 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 there was a lot. And, you know, um, I think probably the one thing that I don't think we really talked about um, was, uh, and I don't know if you heard this, but Chance the Rapper supported Kanye West. He's challenging Joe Biden supporters and saying, I would trust Kanye way more. And and I saw that and I'm like, huh, I wonder where, 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 where that's going to go election-wise. You see, I'm not a rap person, but that hurts Biden. It can only hurt him because so many articles and so many clips of him saying racist shit and him doing it recently. But in the past, I'm talking about him saying how he likes segregation and things like that in the past were being brought up. It can only hurt him that, you know, very high profile rappers. And I don't know a thing about rap. I, I don't even know who Chance the Rapper is, but I know who Kanye West is because he's in the media a lot. Like I understand the influence that they have over the black community. And this doesn't bode well for Biden. It really doesn't. And, I'm thinking what's happening here is if I had to make a bold prediction, if I'm put up on the spot, I have to put $100 down and say who I think is going to win the election, I would put it on Trump because I think the silent majority is going to win. I think people are fed up, and I think the Democrats' plan is going to backfire. And I'm thinking that people like this Chance the Rapper, Kanye West, other people are going to speak up. The same people that loved Trump back in the 90s when they were making rap songs and putting him in videos and talking about Donald Trump and shit like that, putting him on the pedestal that are now trying to knock him down over things that he has no control over and whatever reasons they may have now to hate him. I feel like people are going to get sick and tired of the, the narrative that the left's pushing. They're going to come out and vote for Trump. People that are the quietest are the most dangerous. That one kid that sits in the back of the classroom is like, hey, that kid's fucking weird. We're not going to fuck with him. He might shoot us up. That's that's what's happening right now with the right. You don't want to piss off that that section of, of people because you got to understand. And a lot of people know these numbers, I'm, I'm sure. 
the white demographic is the largest group. I mean, by far, like white people are, are the, the biggest represented race in America and in, in the world, probably. Right. The smallest is the African-American, Hispanic. And we're that's why they call us minorities. They call us Hispanics, minorities, blacks are even smaller than Hispanics. Apparently, there's representation in the United States of America. So you got a huge group of people that are looking at the Black Lives Matter thing and saying, like, what about us? And they're going to go out there and vote for Trump because they see what he's doing. So by being the most vocal voice, they might be hurting themselves in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think I think Trump has like a huge base that's completely quiet. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the polls, like the recent polls or whatever, they're not accurate because they do not count for his base, his silent majority base <laughs> so you know i i i want trump to win more than anything and i think i think a lot of bad things will happen when biden becomes president mm -hmm. i think it's just just really bad policies and it's just it'll be a, even a bigger battle to to get back to where we need to be um but you know, what I'm seeing is that, you know, the black community especially is starting to wake up. Candace Owens talks about it all the time. You're seeing more and more black conservatives rise up because most blacks from, from, from their culture and from the way that they live, they're conservative. They live conservatively. True. They just don't realize that they're conservatives because they've been told by the media that conservatives are racist and bigots. So... You know, that's how conservatives are portrayed. <laughs> Somehow we're portrayed that way. And mm. um, and so it's very interesting because you're seeing a lot more voices come out and and support Trump and, and support what he's doing. And 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 yeah, this whole situation, no president could ever imagine or be able to deal with this effectively. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> this is something that no president has really ever dealt with. And, and it's something completely different and totally out of your element. And yeah. so, so I think a lot of people are going to blame Trump because you know what, he, he's the president. Who else are you going to blame? Right. Um, <laughs> and, and granted, I think he could have done things early on a little bit differently, but I, I, I really admire his strength through all of this. The strength of his family. I mean, and it's not just this. It's all the stuff that they've dealt with the past four years. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. What it's his wife bad. has de dealt with. I mean. The infidelity things. Uh, the way that they try to do that incest relationship with his daughter. I just. Yeah. That sickened me. That sickened me so much. I'm like, seriously. How come uh, that didn't happen with Obama? They never did that with Obama. They never made out his wife to be, you know, they, they lifted her up like, I mean, I don't. Michelle's the most beautiful vice president ever, or, or not vice president, but a first lady. Uh, first lady. She's so smart. She should be the next president. She's so beautiful. But then again, like you had other rumors, like she's a man. Remember that one, the Michael Obama thing? Where, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like she had some horrible things, but not like this. It, it's they call Melania a fucking Russian prostitute, and Donald Trump likes getting pissed on by women. 
the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, which is weird as well. I mean, there's just a lot of shit. He has dealt with so much. His skin is so thick to go out there. I feel like it's it's wearing on him now because I don't feel like he has the fight that he once had. He needs to get that back in order for us to win the election. I think he'll get it back. I, I oh, it's got to happen I quick. So. <laughs> I hope he gets it back. I think he will. I mean, he bounces back really good. And you got to look at, you know, what being a president really means. You mm-hmm. know, it's not a piece of cake. <laughs> um, and he gets more criticism than any president ever has. And he needs more support than ever. And I think he's handled it really well. I don't see anyone else handling it the way he has, the way his family has. Um, and and I think I think what they've been able to do, what they've been able to accomplish is a miracle over the years um, with all of the opposition. You know, Obama didn't get any opposition and he didn't really accomplish much. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I I think think he made things worse for our country, not really better, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I was never really a fan of Obama, to be honest with you. I voted for him the first time, but not the second. I was okay with him until the whole healthcare thing happened and and the penalties for not having healthcare. He didn't take into Obamacare? Yeah, that was bullshit, but. Yeah, and and I understand it from, like, my dad works in schools, and I understand from an, you know, educational system perspective how how bad that was just for families and for kids. Um, And so, you know, I was never a fan of Obamacare, and you know what? It tells me everything about his character that he did it right after he got reelected. Yeah. I mean, that told me everything I needed to know about him. And I think Michelle's worse than he is. I think I think she she wears the pants in that family. Yeah, the only thing I she remember. Like is I don't health. know if you remember this, but he was in an interview, and I guess I guess they were at a restaurant or something, and it was like fried chicken or something. And um, oh, that's racist! You need to apologize right now for your white privilege. <laughs> Apparently, I need to because I have all this white privilege. Yeah, um, but apparently he, I guess he'd gone to eat at lunch and had fried chicken or whatever. He had something on his tie. And so he, he had an interview later on and he acted all guilty. And he's like, just don't tell my wife, even though she probably saw the interview. He's like, mm-hmm. you can't let my wife know. She can't know that I had that. And um, that told me all I needed to know about her. Other than the documentary on Netflix that told me that she's not mom material and i feel bad for her girls oh i haven't seen that i have a lot you don't you don't know what she she said she was asked on this documentary if she would trade having a career over being a mom wow she would have if she would have rather had a career instead of having her girls Mm. she said she would rather have a career wow what a bitch yeah and i was like her, her her i hope her daughters don't see that Oh, they probably already knew that was going to be said. They're probably briefed. They probably know that, but I just, I I feel for them. I feel that's the type of mom you have Mm -hmm. that that regrets having you, that would rather have a career than having you. Like, to me, that's just, 
that shows me everything I need to know about her. Yeah. And I never liked her, honestly. I always felt there was something off about her. Now I know why. But um, but I, I just, I feel like, you know, that's kind of part of the culture too. Mm-hmm. Women are becoming like that. Because they're taught that abortion's good. Career is better than having kids. Career is over is better than having a family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very dangerous. Because, you know, I've talked to a lot of women that have, have had careers and decided to have a career over family. And you know what all of them have told me? What's that? They wish that they had had a family instead. I they go this. to an empty apartment every night. Yes, they have a great career, but they're empty inside. Mm -hmm. They have no fulfillment in life because a career doesn't really give you fulfillment like a family can. Your money's not going to hug you at night. Your kids are. No. Exactly. So I I, I understand that. And and, and it's it's taught to so many young girls to have a career. Career is the most important thing. And... And I think that's that, that's probably one of the most dangerous things right now, is mm-hmm. because you're teaching girls that it's that it's okay to abort a baby to kill a life because you want a career more, because it's going to be an inconvenience, it's mm-hmm. going to be a bother to you. And I think that's very dangerous. I, I think that's showing that's part of the selfish. Um, me mentality you know mm-hmm. saying oh well i'm more important um it's me 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 i don't want to worry about anyone else and at the end of the day that's creating all this toxic femininity and i think it's toxic i think feminism is the most toxic thing right now see i don't think feminism is i think it's the whole um left versus right thing that that's what i think is the worst but as far as michelle obama goes the only thing I like that she did was the whole, like, her version of healthcare, which isn't anything like Obamacare, was her trying to get America healthy and eating nutritious meals and getting out and working out. That's one thing I got behind her on because I feel like that is something that should be preached today that is not during the whole coronavirus pandemic. We're telling each other that being old, out of shape, and fat, things like that being unhealthy are contributors to dying from COVID 19. But we're not telling people to get healthy, like, hey, going to the gym helps. No, we're going to shut the gyms down. We're not going to let you go outside, go to the park. You can't run on the beach. You can't do anything. You have to stay in the house, eat food, because we're going to give you money to eat. Here's some welfare money. Here's some extra unemployment money. Stay home. Watch Netflix. Here are all these movies to watch on Apple TV that are going to be in the movie theaters, but you can watch them at home right now. Stay home, get fat, do nothing, and die. That's what they want you to do. Because they want those numbers to get higher. I did like the fact that Michelle Obama did say, get healthy, go out there, work out, do something. That's the one thing that the Obama Foundation did that I liked. Was basically telling people to get healthy because that's what we need more of now. We need people to get out and do things. We need people to get in shape. If everyone was in shape, we wouldn't even be worrying about this. No one would have died because apparently it only attacks people that have trouble breathing and have pre-existing conditions that are contributed by being obese people that have like uh, diabetes because they eat too much sugar. They're fat. They don't do shit. I just feel like we should be more active, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) I agree though. I mean, 
there were things like her whole implementation of kids meals. Yeah. It didn't really go over well because you know what kids do? If they mm-hmm. don't like it, they throw it away. They, exactly. they don't eat it if if they don't like it. I don't think kids should necessarily have like the super healthy vegan meals. I don't think that's good for them. I don't think that's healthy for them. But I do think that we need to show how to have a healthy lifestyle, how to live a healthy lifestyle, um, because that only benefits you. You know, if you're healthy and fit, I mean, you can fight off cancer. Even better, cancer won't hit you as hard as if you're unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The biggest problem with this COVID is it hits those that struggle with obesity. And obesity is the biggest killer in America. Yes, but we don't talk about that. We don't talk no. about that. No, no, that that's fat shaming. Did you know that? Oh, fat shaming. Apparently, we're fat shamers <laughs> <laughs> because we talk about real issues. Uh huh. Yeah, and you know? that's what it should be. Yeah, and 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 you know, and I'm no, and I know we're kind of getting off topic, but I am against feminism. I'm not against equality. I'm all for equality. No matter the race, gender, or whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I want everyone to be equal. But feminism isn't about women's rights. You know what it's about? It's about power and manipulation and control. That's actually what it's about. Okay? Um, And and I think that's dangerous. I I think that's where, you know, you hate Lizzo. But guess where she gets all of her ideology from? Feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's where it comes from. We're all and so, I mean, that's why feminists hate me. I'm an anti-feminist. I am not for feminism at all. Because I see so many bad things that are happening to our society, and you could probably boil it down to that. Mm-hmm. And in, in a lot of ways. And, and I think we're, and I think another damage is men are being left in the dirt. Well, we've had a really strong stranglehold on top plays for a very long time. I'm okay with sharing the spot with people that are qualified, but that's where I take my whole difference from you on the whole viewpoint here, whereas I love women. I'm a big fan of women. I have uh, I have a wife. I got two girls in the house. And I got two female dogs in the house. So I'm surrounded by women in this household. So I love women being given the spotlight here. What I don't like is the power, and just like you elaborated on the power, where women can say one thing about a man, and a man is now a piece of shit. Instead of bringing one up, you know, and bringing another one down, why don't we just bring one up and keep the other one where they are and make them on an evil playing field? The fact that a woman can say, hey, this man did something to me, and the man is now, you know, canceled or whatever, and the woman is being put on this platform without any proof or anything to, to basically say, like, this really happened. It's crazy to me. I just feel like we should all just be treated and given the best that the person earned on their own attributes, not based off of sex, not based off of religion, not based off of uh, race, just because of the content of the character, what they've earned in life through their actions. That's what I want. It'll never happen that way because jobs have quotas they have to fill. I was given a, a, a very long document at work before I had to interview somebody to join the the team at my old job and I was given category statistics for the area that we lived in. And they were like, Hey, you don't have any black females that work at your job. So we're going to send you a few black females. 
we're going to send you this, we're going to send you that, but we, you should probably hire. We're not telling you to hire, but we're telling you to hire because we want numbers to be the same way. And it was all white people and myself, and I'm a Hispanic male, obviously. So I had to hire this woman who wasn't good for the job, and she didn't last very long at all. She sucked. And there was a good Hispanic woman that I couldn't hire because I was kind of encouraged because, like, I couldn't have final say. I had to interview people, but I had to bring it to my to my area manager and say, hey, this is who I want to hire. He's like, no, nah, you should probably hire that one because – it would just be best for business, but they didn't say why, but it was encouraged. You know what I mean? So I just feel like you shouldn't knock one down to bring another one up. I just feel like everyone should be given the same equal opportunity, give everyone the same chance to earn whatever the hell they deserve in life. It just shouldn't be influenced by anything. And it just, it really irritates me. It just, it, it just does. And I always hearken back to my old, my own personal experiences in life and it, it, it just sucks it's just not fair it just isn't i agree and i i think there's a danger in putting one person above another due to you know gender or race or religion or you know education whatever um because at the end of the day we're all human beings and i and, and this is how i look at it so um, I, I think men need to be lifted up. I think, I think we need to say that we should not be punishing them for the crimes that others committed in the past. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women treat men like that. They do. A lot of women treat and, and they abuse men. Most women are abusers and they don't even realize it. They yeah, are. So. I, I, yes, I know because I grew up with one. Oh, shit. I, I love my mom. I do. But I saw her emotionally abuse my dad growing up. Was any of it justified? She doesn't know she's doing it. She has no idea that she puts him down as much as she does. And... Jesus. He he battles depression for a reason. That's why I battle depression. I love my mom. Hmm. But I was different from her and from what she expected one of her daughters to be. Sure. And and I and I experienced that. And I remember probably last year, right around the time I did that interview with my dad on my podcast, is we talked about this. And my dad loves my mom. He does. But it hurts him knowing that the woman he loves thinks so little of him. Mm. That's how he feels. And he sees it from men all over. He sees, and, and it's something that this is what society, what feminism has taught women to do. Women are taught to do this. They see it. They see it everywhere they look. And, and it's, it, it's really sad because women, most women don't realize that they're doing it. Most women have no idea they're abusing the men in their lives until, uh, until they get a wake, wake up call and they realize how much they've been hurting the men in their lives that they actually care about. And, 
And it's hard because men are in a very tough position. They can't really do anything about it, right? Because if they go against it, if they go against that type of abuse, what is actually available to them? Nothing. There's, there's nothing available for men to do. Like anything. I mean, and I, I really blame the Me Too movement on a lot of it. I do. Um, it's gotten really bad in recent years. Um, or maybe it's becoming more obvious. I'm not sure. And I'm not saying that there are, there are men out there that commit horrible crimes and should pay for them. But so do women. Mm-hmm. And the percentage of men that are abused emotionally and sexually are very high. We've just never talked about those numbers. Yeah. Because most men do not come up and, and say how they've been treated. And, and I see it everywhere. I do. I see it from a very unique perspective where I can tell, oh, I, that's abusive. But most women don't realize that they are being abusive because they taught that the way that they treat people, especially men, that's okay. That's justified. Because you're a woman. Everything you say is right. Everything you say is correct. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Women can't be wrong. That's the culture. And it's a dangerous culture because men are being crushed to the dirt. And I don't care. That's not right in any stretch of the imagination. It is not right for women to think it's okay to treat men like that. It's not. You see, you see what I think is a problem here is like the roles have been defined since the beginning of time. The man is a provider, the hard worker, the woman is the nurturer, the one who stays home with the kids. And now we're seeing a time where there's a lot of single moms out there, a lot of deadbeat dads. And even in situations where the man and woman are together, the man is supposed to take the burden of being everything to the household. And now you're trying to prop women up to the point where, you know, we can all be equal. The woman has to work as well. And it's just there's such a pressure on being a man, which is, is, is tough. And there's so many laws in place to protect women as far as, you know, whenever a man and woman separate, guess who the kid goes to automatically? It goes to the woman. No matter what the situation is, if you go to court, the woman takes the kids and the man has to fight and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're the better parent. Why is that? It, it, it just doesn't matter. Look at any situation. Look at Robert De Niro. He just had a situation where he separated from his wife a couple of years ago. He has to pay her $50,000 a month in credit card payments. He had to buy her a house, and she had the kids the whole time. And he's the breadwinner. He's the famous person. He's the one that makes all the money. His wife was a nobody who, who, who fucked the rich guy got pregnant twice. And, and he has to pay her all this money. The laws are so skewed towards the woman, it doesn't make any sense. If a man raises his hand to a woman and smacks her upside the head after she attacks him multiple times, he's seen as the bad guy. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard of, because if we're supposed to be seen as equal, if you want to prop women up to this level where they're, you know, the same as men and even better in most cases, why are men hindered and handicapped in so many ways? Men can commit the same crime as women, but guess who will be, you know, in jail longer? A man. Women, they, they get the slap on the wrist. Men get sentenced to prison for a lot longer. 
there's just so many things out there that just makes me feel bad to be a man. But it's it's just, I mean, I guess it's gonna just chalk it up to that's just the way things are. I mean, there's this big movement going on right now. We were talking about Black Lives Matter and all this other shit that's going on, and maybe we we need to kind of fine tune it and just say, men and women, let's just rework this and rework the way that we think about things and the way that we look at each other. And work on it from there, because that's the basis of society. You, you can even go back to biblical terms and Adam and Eve. The basics. Let's work on that. Let's retool how we look at this. We're all equal. And I guess that's just where we lose focus here with this whole thing called life. People just don't know how to fucking just deal with each other. And There's so many different things out there and so many resources and so many voices and so many different outlets that you can find information that people are just fucked up in the head and they just don't know how to deal with shit anymore. I have no idea what the fuck I'm even talking about anymore. It's just craziness. It is. It's, it's really crazy. And I think we're just, we're losing sight of where we need to be as a society, you know, and at, as a people, you know, we, we are all equal and we need to start seeing each other that way. Mm-hmm. We need to start seeing each other as human beings. Yeah. And it doesn't matter your race, your gender, your religion, your culture. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, we all matter. We all have worth. We all have the ability to make something of our lives. I agree. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to just kind of agree to disagree. Someone's going to vote blue. Someone's going to vote red. Someone's going to love or hate men and women and god damn it there's not 57 genders but we can get into that into a different time i have so many notes set aside for this episode and i knew things were going to go this way we talked about doing an hour and a half and we went double that time today <laughs> but or longer we're almost at four hours oh my god but we've been talking about this for a while now and i just want to give people a quick background on this we've been talking about this for the past few weeks now because i've been wanting to do a political show because my wife hates doing it and, of course, we do this on a Discord channel at Voices of Misery on Twitter. You can find us on there and ask us for the Discord link. You can come in as long as you're a good boy or girl and come in and have some fun talking political and all sorts of other things. There, People even talk about Animal Crossing on that goddamn chat. <laughs> but I we know. Have, uh, I hate it. Uh, I, I do, too. I, <laughs> probably because I'm not a gamer. I don't understand the psychology or why people get so much enjoyment out of it. I try not to judge, but I'm like, I don't really it's, understand any of this. So it's so weird. <laughs> I know. But like we do it's, a political chat and we talk a lot. And one day we were like, hey, you know what? Let's just do this on the mic because there's so many things happening every single day. And we're like, let's just do it. And today we decided to get together and do it. And, you know, who knows if we're going to do it a weekly, biweekly, who knows? We haven't talked about this much yet, but I'm sure we'll talk about it more later. I had a good time tonight. That was a really good conversation. And I hope it opened up a lot of people's eyes to what's going on in the world and just giving our little take out there. There's 900,000 plus podcasts out there. And this one does pretty good. And I just wanted to let our listeners kind of maybe open up their minds a different perspective. And I like talking about politics. It's always fun. It's always a good time. And I appreciate you for coming on tonight. And I want to give you a time a little bit of time here to plug all your shit, talk about yourself a little bit, throw out your social media and where people can find you. 
Awesome. So um, you can easily find me. Probably the main social media I have is um, through through Twitter. It's Addict of Romance, capital A. Um, and I'm pretty active on there. Uh, you can find me. I have a book blog, addictedtoromance.org. Um, you can find me through Facebook and Instagram as well through there. I have all my social media links um, through there as well. And then I also have my links to the two podcasts that I do as well. And yeah, that's basically all my stuff. I don't have that much, but. You got a lot more than I do. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's always a good time having you on here. You're definitely a fan favorite. You're the, probably the nicest person I've ever talked to, which is weird because I'm the meanest person you've ever talked to probably, but we get along great, which is phenomenal. And the fact that we can have, you know, discussion is something I think that is missing from society a big chunk of who we are as far as people go or learning each one, teach one. That's a very famous phrase. And I feel like that's something that's lacking nowadays where people just don't give a shit about what other people think. It's all about them and their group. And we're just clashing heads right now. And we need to come to an understanding that everyone's different. We can all learn from each other. We can all love each other and just do things. And we are definitely going to do this again for sure. We just got to come up off camera. We got to talk about this a little bit in our little uh, conversation in Discord. And come up when we're going to do this again, because I had a good time tonight. I'm sure other people are going to enjoy this conversation. We're going to trim this thing up a little bit and just figure out what the hell we're going to do. I had a great time, Bonnie, and I do thank you for coming on the show. And we're going to come up with a name and maybe even a song and do something different. I think it'll be fun. I do, too. I'm very excited. Me, too. And very tired, probably. We've gone a long time, so... Thank you for coming on this show and we're going to do it again. And uh, yeah, everyone follow Bonnie on her social media and check out the links below and we'll do this again. Thank you guys. Have a good night.